Welcome to Delta Green and Possible Landscapes, brought to you by Black Project Gaming. Get read in at blackprojectgaming.com. I'm Vince, your host and handler for this campaign. Joining me are Brett as DEA Special Agent Michael Whitwer, also known as Agent Vega. Cami as FBI Special Agent Geneva Brown, also known as Agent Venus. Doug as FBI Special Agent Mark Hansom, also known as Agent Meshach. And Jack as FBI Special Agent Cassandra Troy, also known as Agent Madison. Impossible Landscapes is a campaign of wonder, horror, and conspiracy, written by Dennis Dentwiller for Delta Green, the role-playing game. For more information on Delta Green, please visit delta-green.com. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, so last session uh, of our next uh, chapter of Impossible Landscapes, you all, well, Madison and Misha, Cassandra Troy and Mark Hansom, you came to uh, after your quote-unquote escape from Dorchester House in, in an abandoned home in what you quickly determined to be a suburban uh, Boston neighborhood. Shortly thereafter... Geneva Brown, Agent Venus, and Michael Whitwer, Agent Vega, also found themselves coming to in the same room after having been gone for months. And with no recollection of where they've been or how they got to where they are. Um, and you all eventually crossed paths uh, after looking around the neighborhood a little bit. Mark and Cassie, you kind of turn around to see Geneva and Michael coming out of this house that you just exited. Um, and of course, uh, suspicion and paranoia uh, abounded. Abounded? We'll go with that. Um, paranoia and suspicion were in great supply. And uh, you all kind of just touched base and, and really felt each other out to see what you all knew. And it was during that time that you all started to learn what sort of gifts and insights uh, you now found yourselves dealing with after, you know, your time in the night floors and the night world. Uh, for instance, uh, Cassie, you have found that you all are always in possession of a copy of The King in Yellow, uh, also mm -hmm. known as The Red Book. Um, uh, Geneva, so far... Um, you've been experiencing hallucinations of people in the distance that appear to almost be or literally are marionettes. Uh, Mark, you're seeing th things that are somehow connected to the King in Yellow lit by this spectral light. Uh, and, and Michael, you know how, you know, anytime anyone mentions the name of a demon, you know instinctively where and when to find that demon. Uh, I think Michael still thinks it's because because I'm pretty sure Cassandra is the only person who's done it to him. Yeah. yeah, yep. But I think he thinks he still thinks she's like a, a witch and is cursing him. <laughs> and he has no idea that it has anything to do with him. That is entirely entirely possible. And uh, Cassie, another thing that that you learned was. Um, you now have this just this overriding, overpowering certainty that you need to find the bottle belonging to the author of The King in Yellow, travel to the palace in Carcosa, 
and find Abigail right there. Otherwise, you will become ghosts doomed to haunt the night world forever. And nothing is true except out is through. Uh, you all kind of got your bearings. You got some medical supplies to help take care of Mark, who is still bearing the uh, wounds of uh, his encounter with the clown beneath the Dorchester house. Uh, and in that time, Geneva and Michael went back to their old room at the Boxer Hotel, only to find that it had been uh, completely filled with boxes, which was strange and random, that were filled with all sorts of manner of, of junk and detritus. But shortly thereafter, you reconvened, and as you all started to kind of formulate a, 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 or attempt to formulate a plan forward, uh, with Mark bringing up potentially going back to Dorchester House, only to be for Geneva and Michael to, and I believe Cassie as well, to quickly say that's not happening. Um, not sure if a plan has been developed yet, but if one was, that was quickly dashed by Mark realizing that the TV in your shared hotel room was uh, lighting up like a beacon. And when you turned it on, you saw news reports that all four of you uh, were now wanted by law enforcement after having escaped from the Dorchester House facility and were rumored to be armed and extremely dangerous. And that is where we actually left off. So... Uh, does anybody have any questions? Did they? Did the broadcast tell uh, tell us why we were wanted aside from the escape? Nope, just that you were uh, you were violent inmates that had been committed to the Dorchester House facility, and you had escaped. Okay, uh, and I don't remember if I have. I don't think I have my phone. No, I would have had my phone on me when we went in because I didn't put it in, my, in the locker. Um, I don't remember if I brought it back out though. Out of the, I think we rolled right. So I, I allowed uh, Geneva and Michael to roll because yeah. the circumstances of your um, uh, your incarceration were vastly different. Okay. Um, and I believe Geneva, at the least, I believe you both actually have your weapons and yeah. your phones. Yeah, I think we rolled pretty well for yeah. those. But Mark and Cassandra, unfortunately, the only thing you really have on you are your wallets and your, your identification as law enforcement. Then yeah, uh, I'd say as soon as we start to see that, uh, Cassandra would turn towards uh, towards Geneva. Do, do you have a phone? Uh, yes. Why? And uh, she gestures towards the TV that is now showing their their mug shots. Apparently, that they don't realize that they took, uh, or at least we don't. We never took these mug shots, right? These are or they. <laughs> Nope. And somebody roll. Uh, somebody roll a search roll. Actually, I think I may have made you do this last time. I can't remember or not. But somebody, somebody just roll search for shits and giggles. Uh, I've got a thirty seventy three. If that matters. Yeah, go, go for it. it. Uh, did it go through? It did not. There we go. Oh, sixty one out of seventy three. Great. So what you notice? Each photo of the four of you you're standing there with an empty expression wearing normal clothing and it looks like each of you is carrying an object like a bottle that's cut off by the cropping of the photograph and of course like you said nobody remembers taking that photo although it does appear completely real and relatively recent uh, just just look up our names just see why why this is happening 
Uh, yeah, I'll take out my phone and do a quick Google search for myself. Okay. So the news reports are all kind of annotated as being developing and will be updated as further information is received. But for the most part, they're pretty bare bones and don't contain anything other than uh, what's already been uh, related in the news broadcast, which is that you all were inmates in the Dorchester House Psychiatric Facility, having been previously uh, incarcerated there, although it doesn't say for a specific offense or a specific event, incident, what have you, just that you had been um, determined to be criminally insane and had been incarcerated there for your treatment and you had escaped and were uh, believed to be both armed and extremely dangerous. And if I search if I search for myself, I'm going to find essentially the same stuff. Correct. Yeah. The okay. odd thing the odd thing for both of you especially is that nobody makes nobody mentions the fact that any of you are law enforcement. Okay. That's odd. Should I should I text like a family member or something and see if they've heard of any heard of anything, have any further information? I wouldn't. Hmm. You don't you don't want to get them anywhere near this. Oh, my mom is probably freaking out. Better to okay, be well, freaking out and ultimately ignorant of whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What do we do? Oh, while they're looking up on their phones, Cassandra is going to go ahead and go through her copy of The King in Yellow to see if there's any dialogue that relates to this happening, essentially, or even at least hints at it. Definitely not. So uh, it is different from the play that you had initially found in um, the McAllister building a few years back, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, and going through it, you don't even find dialogue related to that first piece of, uh, you know, that scene that you had initially found, if you remember, the one that actually you all had performed in that dark theater in the night floors in the McAllister building. That's not even in there. This is this is new and completely different. Um, character names that you don't recognize, events you don't recognize, uh, but nothing that speaks to your current situation, no. Okay. Uh, out of character, I think where we landed, I don't remember if everyone agreed or if it was just uh, Geneva's suggestion was that we were going to track down Barbus, is that oh, right? Okay, that might be. Okay, yeah. I to... that was that was uh, what uh, Mark's priority. Well, Barbus is uh, no wait. I think I'm getting him confused. Barbus is not the guy who does the phone calls, right? No, that's uh, Bale. Bale, right? Sorry, I knew I, I knew I wasn't right on that. Um, yeah, yeah. Michael is 100 percent behind whatever Geneva suggests. Cool, because he was the guy who got the four. Uh, OG PCs <laughs> to go to the Dorchester house, right? And we had, right. we yeah, figured right. out that he's he knows something and he's like luring, potentially targeting Delta Green agents specifically for whatever reason and luring them there seems yeah. to be. Yeah, and he's also like been around for a very long time, apparently. Yeah, I know. I've, 
My mistake with my notes is I write them down on physical paper and then I lose that paper. <laughs> and then I can't find it. You get it. I, I get do it. that sometimes too. I do it both with physical paper and digital paper. And I don't mark what's where. It's great. That's right. So yeah, Venus and Vega, Geneva and Michael, you were actually sent to Boston to investigate Barbas specifically. Um, and it was through the course of that investigation you found that bureau file from France, the dossier and the photo of Barbus from a time that he shouldn't have even been alive. Right. Okay. And that's right. You, what, you actually went back to the boxer hotel to try to find that file and nothing like it was filled with boxes. Right. Okay. That's correct. Okay. want to make sure I was remembering correctly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then when uh, Michael asks what we should do, she kind of has a long pause weighing their options before just saying we need to find Barbus and get some answers. Okay, understood. To be clear, he is also considered a vector at this point and we need to deal with that. And she kind of looks at both Mark and Cassandra and she wants to gauge their reaction to that. <laughs> I think Mark's still pretty out of it. Um, he's, he's just trying to catch up. <laughs> Yeah, Cassandra doesn't react like she's offended at all. It's more she's processing. Uh, I would actually say that she's still looking at the broadcast and looking at it even though like probably the the bulletin is already passed and maybe there's like some commercial playing, but still looking at the TV with the open copy of the book in her lap, just like staring at it, hoping to find some answers in whatever's playing on the screen. Roll, uh, roll sanity for me. Yeah, go for it. Also, I think we should just acknowledge how useful Mark's ability is of all the abilities. It is the one that will let Vince give us information when we're too stupid to find it on our own. <laughs> I love what, it. Why do you think I gave it to him? <laughs> that's smart thinking. Uh, that's a 64 out of 28. God, you... Okay, um... <laughs> Roll 1d4. Wait, 28? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm not well. <laughs> no, you are not. You lose six. Sanity. Love that for me. As you begin viewing this, this red book and begin studying this play and you feel these fingers sliding into and gripping the curvature and the grooves and the, the valleys of your brain. Um, this tingling sensation like something is in there and an itch you just can't scratch as if you're reading a piece of yourself Uh, yeah with that uh, I'm three points below my breaking point okay hell yeah do you project yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. Um, as your as your handler, I strongly recommend you project right now. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, no, I'm. You know, I'm taking this. I'm taking this. Uh, <laughs> I got it. I'm. I'm riding this all the way to zero. Uh, yeah, and so I can. Uh, I can. I can obviously project on Mark or Jenny anymore, right? So those would just be zero. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, so Ira. Ira's dead. Yeah, te- yes, I technically can't. Oh, I can push out a mark. Not, I guess, sorry, I confused the names. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can push out a mark, but I can't push out an Ira. Got it. Um, or your son. Oh, God, yeah. 
Oh, fuck. Um, I'm going... Yeah, I'm going to push that on him. Because, I mean, she's been closer to Mark in a weird way. And it just makes sense that she hasn't seen her son in a long time. And it, you know... Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. How many... Okay. Just so I subtract four from that. Nope. So uh, this is what we do. So um, since, since it's been a minute, because you just continue to eat sanity loss, which I love. Uh, so to project on a Wabond, go ahead and roll 1d4. Two. Two. Okay. So you lose that much willpower. And you reduce your sanity loss by that much. So you only lose four versus six. Okay. Does that still blow your breaking point? Yes. Okay. It's one below my breaking point. Oh, no. Yeah, so, um, oof, okay. I gotta, rem- I gotta refresh my, my, uh... <laughs> let's go, Handler, let's yeah. go. <laughs> starting um, off strong here. <laughs> starting off real good. Um, so hitting your breaking point, uh... Take your time. Yeah, sorry, it's been, it's been a minute. When is the last time we've had somebody hit their breaking point? I think I lost my break. I passed my breaking point uh, last session, or at least the session we were in the the asylum. I think did Joe it. did. Joe Along. did too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. right. That's right. Okay. So oh, yeah. So good news. Um, you don't incur temporary insanity because the loss wasn't five or more, uh, but you do get a new disorder. Uh, so is. reset your breaking point to your current sanity minus your power. Ooh, okay. <laughs> For then, real, though, what happens when you get to zero? Because I feel like we're not super far away from seeing that happen. So my current, so my current sanity points are twenty-four. Okay. My, my power is twelve. <laughs> so your new breaking point will be ten, or, or, uh, tw- or I'm sorry, no, twenty-four minus twelve. You said yes. It'd be t- it'd be twelve. Yeah, great. <laughs> Hachi machi. Hachi Machi. Oh man, <laughs> that's uh... um. <clears throat> also, I mean, don't you replace one of your motivations with a mental disorder? You do. Yep. Yeah. If, so if you, you if you, you still have any motivations, yeah. No, I, I, she has no motivations. She's so. unmotivated yeah. and disordered. Yeah. yeah. So well, relatable, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we can take our time, and, and well, you can take your time, and and we can come up with one later, depending on how things uh, shake out. But yeah, um, what were your current disorders anyway? Uh, addiction. Uh, roll sand for me. Actually, yeah, roll sanity. Uh, wow. Okay. Success. Wow. Okay, six out of twenty-four. Jesus, um, you feel that familiar creep that you need a hit of something, but this play is all you can really focus on, and that urge, strangely enough, just kind of subsides, even as you feel yourself almost overpowered and overwhelmed by the sensation that the play is reading you as much as you are reading it, and you forget that urge is even there. Yeah, I'd say that those who are in the room who have who have been watching or can now see Cassie uh, see that her eyes start to slowly fall from the TV and her head drops down and in this sort of 
like like Samara Sakura from the from the ring, her hair just falls over her face and uh, uh, and kind of conceals the book that's on her lap, and it's just this shield of hair concealing her face uh, and the book in her lap, just hiding her her vision from everything else but that. Geneva, um, uh, yeah. kind of has a hand on her gun. She's not pulling it out, but she's observing this and she has a hand there. She kind of looks at Mark almost um, to see if he's going to say or do anything, but... <laughs> yeah, Mark, be, be, uh, before this whole sanity roll thing happened, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do this. And then you were like, oh, roll sand. I'm like, oh, crap. Um, yeah, uh, Mark, Mark goes over to, uh, to Cassie and grabs the book out of her lap. Cassie, do you try to resist? Oh, absolutely. If if he tries to take it, if he like, as soon as I see his uh, fingers, I will I just like without moving my body or my head, just try to reach out for his wrist and hold it. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's do either competing athletics or competing unarmed combat, whichever one you respectively want to roll. I will go for unarmed combat. So will I. Okay. Go okay. For it. Oh, that's a failure for me. 81 yeah. out of 66. <laughs> and yeah. a success for Cassie. Cassie with, uh, a, 20, with a 27 yeah, out of 64. Um, yeah, Mark, as you reach out to try to grab that book, she, you don't know how she can be that strong considering how skinny and, and how, I don't want to say wasted away she looks, but but almost like a shadow of a human being. But this this grip and she is not letting this thing go and i'd say too that her the rest of her body just doesn't move he would just see that her arm just reaches out and just holds it in place assy uh, listen this this book it is from the devil it i don't you gotta let it go she takes a few moments shouldn't say anything you just sort of see the, her back very giving these kind of sh- these shallow breaths and they calm down and she relaxes her grip around your wrist but she doesn't say anything Cassie close the book please I ain't gonna make you but it's for your own good uh handler yeah. Would it? Would I? Given the strength that this thing seems to have over Cassie, would rolling some kind of power check be reasonable to like snap myself back into the present? Yeah. You know what? Let's do that. Go ahead and roll power times five. Yeah. Whatever your power times five is, you got to get under that. <laughs> yeah. Eighty-three out of sixty. You 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 could probably close it. And you could probably stop reading it for now, but you definitely don't want to relinquish it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as Mark steps away a bit, uh, but as I assume still hovering just to watch her with Mark on the, on her periphery and the others, other two presumably watching, uh, she takes a, a, a few more moments before, uh, very slowly uh, brushing her hair back away from her, her face and kind of putting it, putting it one side behind her ear and folding 
the book closed with her other hand, uh, still looking at it uh, with her hand on top of the cover. But everyone now can see her face and see that she's just got this almost hopeless expression on her face. Uh, It's this mix of hopelessness and fascination. Uh, Michael has been... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, Michael has been uh, watching the interaction rather intently, uh, but his eyes keep flicking back to Geneva, almost for like cues on what to do, but he's got his hand on his gun. Yeah, and uh, Mark just says, Cassie, uh, I'm... I'm not going to ask you to, to get rid of it because you've already proven that you can't do that. But the thing is, it's getting to you. You can see that, can't you? We're not getting out of this alive. There are worse things than dying, Cassie. And that book leads straight to a lot of them. We should, we should go. We should do something. Go, go where? Do what? And with that, uh, Cassie looks up from the book for the first time in, uh, in a while and looks up over at Geneva and Michael. You were trying to find someone. We were going to go track down Dr. Barbus. Let's go to him. Can I do uh, a human check on Cassie really quick? I think out of character, I know the answer, but just in character, I think Geneva. Uh, she wants to see if Cassie's suggestion of that seems to be coming from <laughs> uh, something else suggesting it to her. Uh, since she stared at that book for a long time and was like, we should go do this. <laughs> uh, I think that raises Geneva's hackles a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Ah, nope, failure. Yeah, eighty-four to sixty-two. It's that. That's a that that was that's a hard one. That's a hard one to tell. I think uh, at that point, Michael is gonna turn to Geneva and go, "Can we have a word out in the hall, please?" Yeah, she she nods and follows you out. Uh, he's gonna look back at the other two and go, "Don't go anywhere. Step out into the hall." But he says it like more serious than I just did. Don't go any. Don't go anywhere. There, that's good. <laughs> I mean, flexes. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So when they step out into the hall, uh, he's gonna kind of lean closer to her and whisper, "You can't be thinking of of taking that woman with us." The other option is to leave her unattended. That's not the only other option. Yeah, she like kind of looks to the side. You can tell that she knows. <laughs> she knows exactly what you're suggesting and she's probably thought of it herself. Um, it may come to that. I, I don't think any of us have a chance really at this point, but we should take her with us for now, but... Listen, I know we're already fucked. I know that. I can feel that. But there are options for us to get more fucked. Things can always get more fucked. And her, that woman in there, she's a quick ticket to that. 
She is out of her fucking mind, Geneva. Oh, I know. I know she is. <sighs> okay. Okay. You know I, know I trust this. you. I know. And as fucked nope. as this sounds, as long as she reads the book and gets whatever information she can from it, it means we don't. I have a feeling very soon we are going to have to. But for right now, I think we stand together. Okay, I'll follow your lead. But I want to note it. When this turns to shit, I fucking told you so. Uh, and he'll open the door for her. Yeah, she'll have to. So when those guys leave the room. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, what were Mark and, and Cassie doing while they're having that conversation out in the hall? I, I mean, given his uh, rather ominous uh, statement of Lee and leaving the room right after this happened, can I uh, human uh, Michael? To, to see what's the. Uh, why, why is he. Why are he and Geneva going out and, and talking like this into the hall? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You can you can roll. Alright. You may not learn what you what you think you'll learn, but Yeah. Yeah, thirty so thirty-eight. Thirty-eight out of eighty-four. Um so considering you know really so little about these people and you haven't really been working with them I mean not even twenty-four hours yet, mm-hmm. uh you pretty much chalk it up to the fact that uh you know, these are obviously people who have been working together for a while. They were in the same cell. Uh, they obviously trust each other far more than they currently trust you or Cassie. Um, so, whatever, it, whatever it was, maybe, maybe not so much. You don't detect hostile intent, but of course, I mean, you obviously pick up on distrust. Yeah, uh, I mean, the whole. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, can I give him like a like a vague emotional impression he might pick up? Because I also don't think Michael's doing a super good job of covering it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you can tell that Michael is terrified. Oh, okay. Yeah. And his like, if if you had any sort of like social skills, his bravado or whatever is like a pretty thin veneer um, for that. Yeah, uh, Mark is a very good read of people or a good reader of people. Um, um, so he might be a little on a little on the edge. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, Mark. Uh, as they they go out into the hall, Mark turns to Cassie and he's, he says, "Cass, we, I, I don't think those those folks can trust us all that much." They don't have a reason to. Well, right now, I'm I'm hurt. You're sick. I we 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 depend are dependent on them. Cassie just starts to look away. Her eyes start to drift towards the curtains uh, in the window. Uh, and she's just looking out through the window, not at anything in particular, but just looking at almost giving it sort of like the last, it's like the last cityscape that she's ever going to see. 
uh, this may be her last day alive is, is is what's going through her mind right now and so she's taking even the most mundane things about the Boston skyline in and just letting that take her over and start and it starts to tune uh, Mark out and she just surrenders to that feeling and I'd Mark's say gonna, oh go ahead Mark's gonna uh, reach out and uh, put his hand on uh, on Cassie's shoulder he says um, look Cassie you and me well we're the only ones left they're gone. We don't have Ira to look out for us anymore. We, we are, we are going to have to get our get out of this. And those two people are the only ones who can help us. If it helps, we're the only two who have experienced what we've experienced and know as much as we do. If they, if they want to get out of this alive, then maybe they should learn to listen to us. Listen to you, at least. Cassie, I need you with me on this. I'm not sure I'm strong enough to do it by myself. With that, she turns back towards Mark and looks him in the eyes and her eyes which are always that very crystalline blue uh, but over the years have become yellowed and hazy bleary uh, look surprisingly clear and she doesn't look sad she doesn't look happy she it's it's not an eerie blankness but just a almost a contentness a resignation uh, she looks at him and uh, I'm here I'm here with you you know, for a second there, I, I believe you. You you came back, Cassie. Yeah, I I don't think you know how how beautiful you can be. You just got to hold on to that. And at this point, the door opens, and Michael and Geneva step back into the hotel room. So, Doctor Barbus. Everyone ready? Uh, am I? I was really hurt. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I know you heal. You were healed a little bit by Cassie's mm-hmm. first aid, but uh, uh, where are you at right now? I'm at 8 out of 14. Yeah, you're still, you're hurt, um, but you're going to need to rest if you if you want to try to recoup anymore. Okay. Would, like mechanically, how long would you have to rest to at least get to... Well, uh, what... Working. Let's see here. I mean, he. So, I mean, obviously, ideally, he'd get he'd get to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last time we went to a hospital, things didn't go so well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a, a patient who rests in a safe place with proper food and water can attempt a con times five test once per day to recover one hit point. On a critical success, <laughs> on a critical success, the patient regains one d four. Uh, so. Eight, uh, so 14, uh, so six days. Mm. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, man, Delta Green. You're <laughs> just what I expected. Brutal. 
that is brutal, man. I mean, but uh, willpower points. So in terms of willpower points, I'm uh, those. I'm down to nine out of fourteen on those as well. Okay. Is that just a matter of sleeping, or that's just a matter of sleeping? Yeah. I thought that was just a matter of sleeping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and I mean, we we have not rested a, a full day yet. Do. No. Oh, no. I thought we did for some reason. Okay, yeah. Then she would not have suggested, let's go. <laughs> She'd probably say something a little bit more like, uh, we'll go get Barbus in the morning or something like that. Yeah, because I think what had happened, we cut, we found you all in the morning in that house. You had, yep. And then we went and checked into the hotel. And then while we were in there, uh, you guys were checking That's out. right. Yeah. I think it's like probably evening out, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's night at this point. Okay. That makes sense then. Look, uh, right now might be a little bit soon. Can I? Can we at least get a night, good night's sleep? Yeah, sorry, out of character, she would not have suggested right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot that we hadn't actually slept for some reason. I thought that this was like the next morning. So. Oh no problem. Yeah, no, it's that evening. It's like the the ten o'clock news is when you caught the uh, uh, the report that you are wanted. Yeah, so she would come out and say. We should rest up. We'll have to see if we can track Barbus down in the morning. Do we just have one room here? You got two, I believe. Okay. Um. Right. Well, <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, yeah. Tell you the truth. I am plum tuckered. Um. Can we, uh, how are we going to do this? Michael, should you and I share a room? He starts to open his mouth to say absolutely not, uh, but stops himself and, and looks at Geneva. I think that'll work. She kind of gives you a reassuring little nod. <laughs> He narrows his eyes. Hey, look, at least it's not gassy, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he'll turn back and go, um, yeah, sure. She'll look at Cassie and have kind of a a tight, but not like fake smile, just a tight one. Uh, you good to bunk with me tonight? Yeah, uh, yes. Yes. Well, then let's get some sleep, everyone. As you all go your separate ways, uh, with Mark and Michael in one room, Geneva and Cassie in the other, uh, let's start with Mark and Michael. Do you all do anything, talk about anything, or do you all just essentially hit hit the rack and try to get some sleep? Um, I don't think Michael's going to try and engage Mark in conversation. Um, he's probably just going to like do his... Uh, fitness and and like beauty regime before bed with the products that are available in the hotel. Which ain't much, but I yeah, guess better than nothing. Yeah. Mark is a lot less talkative than normal, which is still pretty talkative. Um, but I don't know that there's anything of of you know, significance that he's, he's going to try and discuss right now. He's just kind of trying to relax. So mostly, you know, happy chatter, 
Uh, what what kind of football team do you like? <laughs> I say a name of a football team. <laughs> 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 and it's a it's a small Midwest one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I've I've been living the last few years up in Buffalo, man. It's hard to get behind that team, but you know, I, you do the best you can. I mean, you know, it's it's always. And Mark will just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Michael says something non-committal about it's not how about how often they win. It's something something sports. <laughs> there you go. What about uh, Cassie and Geneva? Uh, I think Geneva won't initiate any conversation. I don't know if Cassie will, but she's just going to kind of very methodically get ready for bed. Ready to get some rest. Yeah, no. Uh, Cassie doesn't initiate any conversation with her either. Uh, and you notice that she doesn't... A, she doesn't, she's not carrying much luggage, or any luggage for that matter. Uh, so she's staying in her clothes with her boots on. Um... But she's also, instead of going into bed, she is sitting up in the chair that's available in the room. Uh, and she turns it and faces the open window. And with the playbook in her hand, she's just going to spend the night reading it. Uh, as soon as you, like, open that book, <laughs> Neva sits up. I suggest you get some sleep, Cassie. It's it's fine. I don't I don't get much sleep anyway. It's not fine. You should not be reading that. We have a long day ahead of us. Cassandra sighs and closes the book and gets up out of the chair and goes to the other bed, uh, sitting on top of the covers though, and just sits with her back against the headboard just awake and staring at the opposite wall. Yeah, I think Geneva has a very long night ahead of herself of waking up occasionally, (laughs) checking to make sure she's not reading the damn book and then falling back asleep. And then if she is reading the book, having to be a mom talking to a toddler and being like, no, no, (laughs) bedtime. (laughs) Yeah, no, she doesn't read the book anymore, but she is definitely just, like, she is... Uh, going to try her best to stay awake this time. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, can't do anything about that, but at least she's not reading the book, so Geneva will sleep then. Go ahead and make a, a willpower roll, uh, Cassie. Just see if, like, you can will yourself to stay awake. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> With a 100 out of 60, a fumble, uh, the exhaustion is just too much at this point. You just cannot keep your eyes open. And every time your eyes begin to drift closed, you force them open. But soon you're just lost to unconsciousness. Fair enough. And then you dream. But we'll get to that. Of course. Mark and uh, Michael, I'm guessing you two end up going to sleep at some point. 
I yeah. think Michael pretends to go to sleep far before he actually does. It's <laughs> like, oh, so tired. <laughs> How about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, Mark is Mark is um, really busted at this point. He is he is probably going to go to sleep pretty quickly. Just cuddling up with the hotel Bible. There you go. Yeah. Well, I have my own. What are you kidding me? Of course, of course. Pocket, pocket edition. Uh, mine's got all the the notes and the margins and things underlined. So uh, it's all dog-eared for uh, important passages. Yeah. It's a teen adventure Bible. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Did nobody uh, else have one of those? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, we got given them when, because uh, my family is Catholic, so I went to like a Catholic uh, summer camp or whatever when I was a teenager, and we got <laughs> given these editions, uh, Bibles that were like super colorful on the cover, uh, like really loud colors, and it was like teen adventure Bible, but inside it was just the Bible. <laughs> like it wasn't any different in any way, shape, or form. Yep. I had one of those growing up. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, really? I, I don't have one of those. Incredible. Incredible. I don't have one of those, but I'll post a picture of a, a Bible that I did end up finding at a truck stop once. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, oh, post no. It later. I'll post it later. Um, Mark. Mm-hmm. As you sleep, and initially you're so tired, you're so exhausted, the sleep is, is dreamless. It's just that all-encompassing blackness of just the utter cessation of thought and sensation. Um, But eventually you become aware of the feeling of movement, even though you're still surrounded in blackness. And soon there's a light ahead and you realize it's your walk. It's you who's walking and you're moving your feet shuffling against stone. And there's a gas lantern by your feet, you pick it up and you see that you are in this underground labyrinth of rock. And you can hear sounds all around you, the dripping and running of water, others walking what sounds like mining tools, maybe, occasional cries. But eventually you realize you're facing an alcove in a wall and there's a bottle of ever darkening layers of crystal. You pick it up and you see that the bottle is stopped with a cork sealed with melted yellow wax and marked with the yellow sign. Go ahead and roll sanity. Okay. That is 49 out of 65. That's a success. That is. This is the same sign you've seen before Mm -hmm. in the banner on the banner in Mm -hmm. that spectral vision you had at the Dorchester house on Cassie's book. You've seen it here again. But when you wake, we'll get to that. Cassie. Yes. You have a dream. You're in the hotel room. And for a moment, you, for all intents and purposes, you've woken in the middle of the night in bed in the hotel, jolted into consciousness by something. 
and you suddenly become aware of a familiar hulking shape next to you. And that shape leans down and you are paralyzed. You can't move to whisper something in your ear. Not a who, but a what and a why. Like the air, like the earth, like the sky. Your blood and your bone and your breath. You think you're you, but you've already left. The only way out is through. Laugh. 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 (laughs) And the familiar voice of Ira Brewer chases you back into consciousness just as daylight begins to stream through the blackened curtains of your hotel room. Yeah, when I jolt awake out of that, uh, realizing that it's now morning, even though the curtains are still darkened, and I just see the sunlight starting to peek out from below. Uh, I slam my back uh, against the headboard, look around. Uh, is, is Geneva just in bed still? Is she sleeping? I'm guessing Geneva would still be asleep, right? Yeah, what time is it at this point? Probably 6.37. Yeah, we'll say she's maybe asleep, but like ready to wake up. So probably would wake up at any like movement or rustle or anything. She's not like deeply sleeping since this is probably her normal way. She's going to roll over and check to see if the copy of the book is still next to her. And if it is, if there's been any changes, if it looks like anyone's been touching it. No. No, it's exactly where you left it. Uh, she'll look over at Geneva, who she sees now starting to roll and rustle around in the bed a bit to st- stir awake. And just kind of just keeps watching her as she starts to wake up. Are you holding the book when she wakes up? No. Okay. So she has her hand on it next to her, but it's on the opposite side of her. Uh, it's on the opposite side uh, so facing away from you gotcha yeah Geneva will kind of do a a little morning stretch in the bed and then start to sit up looks over at Cassie almost half expecting to see her like cross-legged reading the book on the bed Uh, pleasantly surprised to find that's not did you get some sleep last night I'd say that when Geneva looks at her and like her eyes start to really focus uh, she would see that she looks like she's seen a ghost Cassie, what happened? Uh, We need to go see Mark, and I need to talk to him. Okay. Let's do that. Speaking of which, Mark. Yep. As you begin to awaken, it's like when you're, you're in a very, very deep sleep with a very very vivid dream it's almost like the imagery is still kind of engraved on the back of your eyelids as you as you wake um and you still recall the feeling of of that cold crystalline like material against your fingers as you wake and you become aware of the name on the bottle 
it was there, but you're it, it's it's one of the first details to begin to fade as you return to reality or the closest thing to it. Um, if you want to try to recall the name, you can make a luck roll. I will do that. Um, yeah, waking up as it's uh, fading from my memory, trying to recall. That's a fumble. Oof. Okay. Ninety nine out of good. Good 50. start. Good. Good start. Yes. Yeah. Try as you might, that that is gone, and and soon the only thing you really remember is is being underground in this maze of of rock and stone with this bottle in your hand and those weird lines etched into yellow wax. But that's yeah, the name is, I mean, I remember that somebody's name was on the bottle, but I can't remember who. Right. Yeah. I think, I think Mark just kind of wakes up and slowly he's sitting on the side of the bed with his, uh, his elbows on his knees his head hanging, kind of hanging down a little bit as he's trying to recall and he, he's just saying to himself over and over again gone it who what well it's gone that's it I look over at uh, Michael is he awake is he um, yeah, what, what exactly, like, what time is that exactly? And probably between 637. Yeah, he would, he would be kind of, uh, starting to, to rouse himself by this point. Yeah, Mark, uh, goes to stand up, uh, and, uh, quickly sits back down on the bed. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> oh, that, that hurts way, way more than it should. Are you? I suppose. Are you okay? Uh, also, just by the look of you, I think it probably hurts about as much as that it shit. Oh yeah. Well, I think that uh, might be normal. I, you know how when you have you have a dream and you can do things in in a dream that you you can't do in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just I had this dream, and I was in some tunnel underground with people around me mining and stuff. I found a bottle, but the thing I could do that I can't do in real life is walk without pain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wish we could take you to a hospital or something, um, but I'm afraid that's not really an option at the moment. Yeah. Are you going to be okay? Are you going to be good? <sighs> uh, give me a second. Can I roll a con check? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Roll con times five. Yep. Con times five. All right. Let's see. Oh, that's a failure. So yeah. that, that that basically means nothing, right? You get, yeah, you gain nothing back. But I do get my willpower back at least. For willpower, you gain one d six. One d six. Oh, okay. Yep. So everybody, uh, everybody, roll one d six, and you oh. regain that many that much willpower. 
I get a whole one back. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think my willpower is full. Mine too. Yeah, no, it's mostly me and Cassie, I think, who suffered. Ooh, bigger one as well. Um, (laughs) Handler. uh, Party. Uh, Do I roll con times five, even though I had that weird dream, or... Uh, for oh, so you wouldn't roll con times five because you have all your hit points, right? No. Oh, yeah, roll con times five. Oh no, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So. So oh, fucking a. <laughs> With seventy-seven out of seventy-five, which is a fumble, you wake up somehow feeling worse than when he went to sleep and you lose one additional hit point. <laughs> Love that. I'm like kind of rooting for Cassandra to be the only one who makes it through this. I know. Like I, <laughs> 100% it's not going to happen. It's almost impossible, but man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> All right. Well, um, in answer to uh, Michael's question, Mark just kind of looks looks up at him, uh, kind of sidelong, um, as his head is still. He's not even raising his head all the way up, and he says, "I don't know, but what choice do we have?" I'm sorry. Can you repeat that for me? Sorry. Um, Mike, Mike, uh, Mark just says, "I I don't know, but what do we have?" Not, not any good ones. Yeah. Well, let's get this over with. Uh, listen, Mark, you seem like a, you seem like a a nice person, a good, a good person. How, do you know what might have to happen with your friend? Mark pauses uh, for a long time. He doesn't look up. He's looking at the ground. You know she's not well. And you know what that means. Look. She's been going downhill for a while. Okay. And the, the the folks in charge just keep sending her back. Not sure why. Because there's really only one other option. Well, I mean, if it comes to that, they'll take care of it, won't they? You ain't saying we have to do it. That's not fair. I know. And you won't have to. We ain't there yet. No. And we're going to do our darndest to make sure that we don't get there. Right? Yeah. 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 Of course. But yeah. Mark, I, I need I need to know. If we do get there. Are we going to have a problem? Mark's eyes are, are on the floor. And slowly he raises them up to look at Michael and Michael can see that they're 
There are tears starting to well up. He says, I hope it doesn't come to that, but if it does, promise me she won't suffer. No. No, that's not how we do things. I'm not ready to give up yet. Okay. I... Okay. It's not... It might not end up being your call. It's not going to be mine either. But I've been working with Geneva for a long time, and she's very fair. She knows what she's doing. (laughs) How the heck does she know what she's doing? How could anybody know what they're doing with, with all this stuff? Honestly, <laughs> if I knew that, she'd be the one here talking to you, not me. Well, let's just not be hasty, all right? She's a good person. I'm She's been through a do- lot. Yeah, I can see that. We won't do anything until the time is right, but when she says it's right, it is. Okay? Uh, Geneva. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Geneva, Cassie, are you making your way over to Mark and Michael's room? Yeah. I was going to ask Geneva, though, uh, should we be just prepared to leave then? Yeah. I think the sooner we get a start on this, the better. Okay, um, I, I don't have much uh, with me. Uh, I suppose then we can just check into another room after this. That might be smart, considering we might have people following us. Might be good idea to not stay in the same place two nights. Okay, um, I'm I'm ready to go when you are. All right, and she'll get up and just go into the bathroom really quick to like swish some water in her mouth (laughs) she doesn't really have a toothbrush and just try to wake up a little bit more fully and then she'll be ready to go okay and she'll uh, uh, wait on the edge of the bed dutifully just looking around uh, staring up at the TV again looking at it even though the screen is still black just almost expecting something to happen like another broadcast just to pop up uh, whether or not it does, she she just is still looking into it. All right, yeah. Then I guess we'll head over and knock on the door of the other room. Yeah, uh, I would say though that um, she would let Geneva follow, uh, lead her out of the room. But uh, uh, as Cassandra has left, uh, she will also leave behind a copy of the play. Do I notice this? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, oh, are you trying to be stealthy with it, Cassie? Or? Yeah. Uh, roll, uh, roll stealth then. I probably would have then... put it somewhere less conspicuous while she was in the shower. Okay. Got it. Okay. So yeah, if, if she's in the shower, then yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have an opportunity. To... Well, she didn't shower. It's more she stepped into the bathroom. Oh, okay. Got you. Put okay. It, put it at the then, sink yeah. and like, yeah, just freshened herself up a little bit. All right. Well, All whatever right, you want me to roll. Let's do this. Let's do, um... I'll roll luck and then Geneva mm-hmm. roll alertness. 
the look is smart because it's like if someone's in the washroom doing stuff and you just like yeah. tucked something under their mattress, you would never know. But right. if she rolls luck and fails, then Geneva comes out of the bathroom and sees her. I think that's smart. Ooh, we both Ooh. Yeah, okay. Um Shit, I forgot the rule when they both fail. Isn't it is it the higher it's weird because it's like the higher yeah, one. Yeah, higher right? one wins the contest because it's closer to success or something like that. That's right. Okay. Well, um, because if if you um, if you have a better score, it means you can roll higher and still succeed. Okay, here it is. So you fail or a, and opponent fails. Nobody, uh, whoever rolled lower succeeds and the other fails. So in this case, uh, Cassie because you rolled a 62 out of 50 uh, on your luck. And uh, and uh, Geneva, you rolled an 81 out of 74 on your alertness. You miss it. And as that door opens, Cassie, just as soon as you get done kind of tucking that copy of the Red Book under your mattress. Uh, no, I was actually going to put it in the same drawer as the Bible. Oh, okay, got it. God damn it. <laughs> so in that case... Uh, Cassie, as soon as you get done kind of hiding the red book underneath the the Bible in the nightstand, you hear that door open up. And maybe you're just you're 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 not really paying attention, Geneva. Your attention is elsewhere, but but you miss it as soon as that and you know that drawer closes. All right. <laughs> Leaving that there, I guess then. Yeah, she just heads out. Yeah, she'll get up and follow. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mark and Michael, as you all are having this, this discussion, uh, suddenly there is a knock on the hotel room door. I would assume, uh, Michael would kind of jerk a little surprised because they were in the midst of a pretty serious conversation. Um, and then get up and walk over to the door and open it. Hey guys. <laughs> but not like that. Just like, <laughs> I was gonna say. hey girl, <laughs> I peed a little. That's <laughs> Morning. How'd you guys Morning. sleep? Fine. Thank you. How about you? The same. And she kind of looks over her shoulder at Cassie and then gives Mark or uh, Michael kind of a, yeah, it was okay. Kind of look to let him know nothing weird happened that she knows of. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, everything was fine. I, I had a dream about a bottle. Funny thing is, though, I, can, I for the life of me, I cannot remember the name on it. Cassandra goes into the room silently and sits at the edge of Mark's bed and looks back at him. Ira, Ira spoke to me last night. What? Ira came to me last night when I, I fell asleep. I, I tried not to. I just, I was so tired. What did he say? Not a who, more of a what and a why. Like the air, like the earth, like the sky, your blood and your bone and your breath. You think you're you, but you've already left. And then he just kept telling me to laugh until I woke up. That don't sound like Ira. It's probably not. It's it's probably whatever whatever lives uh, 
on those floors, just wearing him. The devil? The man in yellow? Whatever we're going to call him? The king. King. Well, uh, folks, I'm sorry. I I am going to... I'm going to try and wash some of this to see if it... I don't know. What do you think? Cassie, do you think I should? I, I can, I can, I can dress your wounds a bit. Uh, well, actually, can I dress his wounds a bit? Yeah, you can dress them, but there will be no further healing, unfortunately. Right. Okay. Well, then, yeah, she'll uh, just as color. She'll, you know, touch his wounds up, make sure they're healing at least a little bit, um, and just like changing any bandages that need to be, need to be changed uh, and stuff like that, and just making sure that he's on the road to recovery. And the wounds are are healing. They are like they still look red and inflamed, but they're not like these open, gaping wounds. They're more like in, you know inflamed pock marks at this point than anything else. Is there anything that's preventing him from having a like a hot shower? Like, should he not do that? Oh, just you never know with like open open mm. sores and stuff, right? They could just you know moisture maybe bad, keep them covered while you're showering. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no. Yeah, <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I I would say that Cassie bought enough supplies to where you could keep them covered to an extent while you're showering, and then you know change them when you get back out, so you're not walking around with wet bandages on. Or a bath yeah. would probably be more appropriate. I don't know. They're kind of fucking everywhere. So you're yeah, we have a nurse way. in yeah. the chat though. <laughs> yeah, we do. Nurse Sonia, what do you? She hasn't corrected me yet in in, mm-hmm. in text. So- no, they're not bleeding. They're 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 they are healed over. They're starting to heal over. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, our <laughs> medical expert, a resident medical expert, has spoken. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. There you go. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you, sir. So yeah. Thank you. So, a shower is possible. Bath is possible. Might be painful, but um, they are starting to heal. Yeah. So I I, I think uh, Mark. Mark goes and and washes off, uh, and uh, as he comes out, he says, "All right, that definitely hurt more than I thought it was going to, um, but at least the smell is mostly gone." I mean, during that time, while you're while you're kind of washing up, Geneva, Michael, Cassie, do you all do anything, or do you just kind of sit tight? Uh, Cassandra's is sitting tight at the edge of the bed. Uh, hands on her lap, just looking out, looking at the TV. Got it. We know where we're going, right? We know where Barbus's house is. You both do. Yep. Okay. You, you, yeah, you and Michael remember very well where it's at. Okay, perfect. Yep. Then I think she's. In uh, fact, bo- both of you roll sanity for me. Sure. Oh, fun. Uh, and when people say Barbus's name, that doesn't like trigger my demon thing, right? No, it does not. Ooh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Geneva with a thirty-three out of fifty-five, and Michael with a twenty-nine out of forty-nine. You're getting this strange sense of deja vu. Um, like you've been to Barbus's house before. Hmm. Is it like an alarming kind of thing? Like we're walking into the same trap, maybe we did before, kind of feeling, or is it more of just a, huh? Okay. Kind of thing. More, at this point, more of a huh, okay kind of thing. 
Okay. It's, it's odd. It's, it's definitely enough for you to be conscious of it, but not, not to an alarming extent, if that makes sense. Yep. Okay, cool. Like we're talking, see the black cat cross the doorway twice. Yeah. Phase, not the, it's a glitch in the matrix phase of things. Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Yeah, he, he just tucks that away for later. <laughs> same. He, you know, feels that, but doesn't, doesn't say anything or mention anything. Okay. Yeah. And eventually with you all just kind of hanging out, eventually, uh, you know, you hear the sound of the shower shut off and, uh, Mark kind of shuffles back out to join you. Feel better? Um, e- I, I, it, these itch like crazy, but yeah, I'll, I'll be all right. Let them scab. That's the only way they, they're going to heal. Well, you're, you're the expert. Thanks. All right, well... If everyone's ready, then let's get going. Do we have a car with us? We walked here, right? We didn't bring a car? Yeah, I don't believe you have a vehicle. Okay. Uh, before we go, we've already used a card here. If they're looking for us, they're going to find it. So before we leave, we should find the nearest ATM to this place, and everyone should take out everything that their card will allow. That way we have money on us. Yeah, that's smart. We can pay for the next hotel or motel room with cash tonight. All right. Uh, um. So, mechanically, how does that work? Do we roll like in, an int or to to get the money or? Isn't that a accounting or something? Yeah, it's I either. Have. Yeah, let me, <clears throat> let me see what we would do in this case. Bureaucracy, because if you all are essentially talking about draining your accounts at this point. Well, I don't think, like, for the most part, you wouldn't be able to drain an account, at least right. not if you're, like, you have your bank account set up like a responsible adult um, in case your <laughs> card gets stolen. But, like, they they usually have withdrawal limits of some kind uh, per day or whatever. So what, right. we'll do, so what we'll do is is we'll just say, you're like, if you do find an ATM um, and you are able to withdraw that, that money, uh, we'll stick to the typical expenditure rules when you do need to spend that money, um, you know. And and kind of all that comes with it, uh, but we'll just say you're able to convert credit debit to cash, and now you're carrying that money on you versus going to an ATM. Sweet. And so then we would be able to get like motel rooms and stuff like that without leaving a trail. Right. P- potentially. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are totally incidental expenses. So. Thankfully, Cassandra has no money. So. <laughs> broke. 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 She broke. All right, so what's the plan? Y'all know where he lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if we don't, do we we have a car, but we left it when we walked here, or we don't have a car at all? You don't have a car. Okay, I couldn't remember what it was. I think you you Ubered. I think you guys Ubered. That's right. That's right. I guess we Uber then. No, that's another paper trail. Can you pay with uh, or a cab? Can you pay cash with a cab? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can do cash with cabs, just not with yeah. Ubers. That's true. Okay, yeah, we'll get a cab then. And are you going to have it uh, take you right to the house, or maybe you know? No, probably a few blocks away at least. <laughs> You're learning, and I love it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I was really proud of my ATM idea. Yeah, good job. I, yeah. I am proud of you all too. I'm. T- you are learning tradecraft. This is great. Yeah. I mean, really, what we should do is have one cab take us. We should at least do one hop, right? Oh, like a secondary Ooh, location a kind of thing. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. A hop is a good idea. We'll have one cab take us to somewhere else, and then catch a cab from that somewhere else to the place we actually want to go. There you yeah. Go. Perfect. It'll take us all day to get there, but no one will know where we are. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll say you get you you hit the road by maybe about eight eight thirty, um, and probably get to uh, finally like begin your approach to Barbus's residence close to ten. The address. Oh, go ahead. Well, now, here's here's another thing. Do I mean? Do we want to uh, try and pick up weapons? Or Cassie and, and Mark? or I don't think Michael's going to want to do that at all. <laughs> yeah, Geneva will what? not suggest it. So it's oh, a yeah. <laughs> for your I, I think I think Mark will be like, yeah, I, I feel kind of funny without my gun. If and that, that raises something so happens, good. I was just going to say, Michael, say, if something happens, we'll, we'll protect you. We can that- protect ourselves if we have our weapons. I don't think I'm giving you a weapon, Cassandra. At least give Mark one, okay? I mean, I don't exactly have a spare. Here, take one of the 12 that I brought with me. (laughs) (laughs) Michael pulls a bazooka out of his suit coat. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, that raises another question. How would you get him? Yeah, getting a a gun and a handgun in, uh, in... Boston is probably not an easy thing, is it? Well, uh, (laughs) if the idea is to stay off the radar, getting one legitimately is no longer an option. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's probably easier to just go. Um, Yeah, I don't know. uh, Maybe Mark can get, uh, like, uh, I don't know, a baton or something for unarmed. Yeah, you could you could go to like a yeah you could go like a surplus store or something like that. Yeah, get get a a baton for yeah if if, if you've got any skill in melee. Yeah. Oh no, what's your yeah. melee at? Oh, uh, I'm gonna say I was looking at unarmed, but that's that's no my my melee melee is default. So lightning and thunder, yeah, lightning and thunder. Yeah. Are what you got? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll just hope for the best. I mean, if you wanted a knife, you could get a knife, but again, that's going to be melee as well. Like anything, so apart from from your open hands, which is going to be unarmed combat, um, anything you wield is going to be melee. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I think I think it's probably more trouble than it's worth. Okay. Is my my thinking? Well, in that case. Uh, the four of you eventually make it to Medford, Massachusetts, a suburb of Boston, uh, specifically 919 4th Street, Medford, Massachusetts, 02153. I don't know why I gave you the fucking zip code. You don't need the zip code. <laughs> uh, Geneva and Michael, you I mean, you know this address well. Uh, there were plenty of nights where you were conducting surveillance on this location uh, in the lead up to your disappearance and uh, during your investigation of Barbus himself. Uh, 
The house is in an uneven two-story rust red bungalow. Uh, there's an unkempt lawn on an otherwise carefully maintained quiet street, again in the, the Medford neighborhood. Uh, it is the middle of the day, uh, but uh, you can't tell if there's any activity going on inside. Um, okay, two questions. First one is the activity of the rest of like the houses and his neighbors around him. And then the second one is based on the surveillance we've done before. Do we have any idea of what his rough schedule might be where he like if he's inside, if he might be out? Do we have any knowledge like that? So you would, uh, I would say that, um, to the best of your recollection, you never made it inside because of how erratic his schedule was. Uh, there were times where you could have sworn he was outside of the house and he ended up being inside, uh, from what you can tell based on, you know, activity you witnessed during your approach, uh, all over the place. I mean, in fact, it was that erratic schedule and the fact that he hadn't been to work at all, that kind of aroused the attention of Delta Green to begin with. So uh, this is not somebody who keeps normal, regular hours uh, and coming or going. As far as the activity of the rest of the neighborhood, it's a typical residential area. So you're going to have you know people who are out at work during the day, as well as people who have nothing better to do than stare out their windows and watch for strange people coming and going. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I guess then as inconspicuously as we can <laughs> being strange people in the neighborhood um shoot um is his house the way it's situated like if we were to just like walk the perimeter really quick would we be in full view of like his neighbors or is it kind of tucked away where we could potentially at least try to do that without being seen no it'd be it'd be pretty it'd be pretty obvious okay that I think just going up to the front door <laughs> is honestly going to be our best bet. Well, who wants to lead the way? Yeah, I mean, Geneva will. She'll kind of mention that um, knock on the door, easiest way in, and kind of pause to see if anyone objects. And if not, she will head on up and do just that. Yeah, I, I would say Cassandra lets her go, but is there like a steps that lead up to the door or is it just street level? No, there are steps. There's like a walkway and that leads up to a um, a patio with an overhang. Okay, so then, yeah, Cassandra would stay at the bottom of the steps and let Geneva head up. Okay, so um, in that case, uh, Geneva and the, the others, as you kind of step up to the porch, you see that... Um, water-damaged mail is just piled uh, on the front porch. Uh, the front door itself does not appear to have been opened in some time. Uh, and it's, it was obvious, even from where you're standing, Cassie, that the uh, the patio itself is just covered in mail and leaves and dirt, and it's it's, has, it's rarely used, if at all. Uh, this... You said some... He doesn't look like he lives here anymore. I mean, well, we've been missing for somewhere for months. It's possible that's changed while we've been gone. But this is where he lived. Last time we knew. And I'm going to kind of try to peek in like a window to see if there's any kind of movement or anything I can see from there. There is not. In fact, all the curtains are drawn. A uh, quick look around. Do we seem to have 
caught any attention of the neighbors. Roll alertness. Uh, can anyone else? Oh, yeah, whoever. Well, 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 yeah, well with a fifty, with a fifty-nine out of seventy-four, uh, it doesn't look like it. Assuming the front door is locked, but it I'll is. try it. Okay. I'm going to be keeping an eye out just just in case. Yeah, same here. Okay. Uh, she's going to turn back to the others and just say, "If we do get any attention, we're here on a wellness check." Okay. So she's kind of like gestures at like the state of everything. I don't think that'll be too difficult for people to buy. No, it's smart. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can't really pick the lock. We're not rogues. So is the door like one of those ones that has like a little window that I could like, if I smushed it, I could, or smashed it, I could like... <laughs> Smushed my, it. my little man. <laughs> just very good. <laughs> just- you <laughs> described breaking and entering in the cutest way I've ever Smush I'm just going to go smush the window just and then just the walk window. in. <laughs> Heck, my little hand did. Um. I'm trying to sound non threatening so people don't be like, what is she doing? It's like, it's okay. I'm just smushing it. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, well, there is, there are windows, but they're set kind of at the top of the door. Shoot. You know the ones I'm talking about? Like, you usually have, like, the two window, the two panes set at the very top of the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Um, she'll walk around the house and see if she can see another door in. Now that they have a potential cover. Yeah, there's a back door. All right, she'll go there and knock. No answer. Is it locked as well? It is. Can I smush this window? <laughs> <laughs> you probably have less cover out here in the back than you do in the front. Uh, out of character, I don't think it's a wellness check, but isn't there some kind of thing where it's like if you get called in, if you don't get a response and you're concerned that someone inside needs help, law enforcement can enter? There is. It's called it's called exigent circumstances. Um, okay. but typically it has to be like you heard something inside, you smelled something that in your training and experience was like the smell of decomposition, something like that. Gotcha. In Canada, they're just called wellness checks. Uh, if you have a relative or someone who calls in a wellness check on, uh, on someone because they haven't heard from them or they're, uh, haven't heard from them and, and it's like unusual for them to have not heard from them in that period of time, you can call in a wellness check and the police will go to their house. And when, if the police get to their house, uh, if they're given reason to believe that the person is in any sort of medical danger or whatever, they're allowed to enter. Exactly. Same, same concept. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, uh, U.S. law enforcement do, does do wellness checks. And then there's that, that exigent circumstance kind of uh, exception where they can enter your residence without a warrant or without your consent. Mm-hmm. Um, you would just need a, a, an articulable reason why you did that. Oh, look, there's a fire. Right. Yeah, right. I started or, a fire. Oh, no. Well, honestly, he's, elder, he's elderly. Um, and that can be enough of a reason sometimes. You're you're also criminals right now. Do you smell that dead body? I sure do. Uh, Here, I have an idea. Uh, You go to break the window, and just when you're breaking the window, I'll fire my gun to cover this (laughs) up. Perfect. (laughs) We're so good at this. Uh, Does it look like there is any sort of security system around the house? 
Oh, like outside or like any kind of sticker for a securities company or like nice. like even peering into the windows is there any sort of uh you know security box roll alertness good call good call or awareness do i keep saying alertness i can't it is alertness it is alertness okay mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, just nice. barely yeah 50 out of 51 uh not from what you can see Okay. Yeah, if you if you do a walk around of the house, you don't see any stickers like you know ADT. Um, you don't see you know a, um, a a box typically where you would see one on the outside of the residence. Nothing like that. Okay. Second question: Do I see like a brick or a stone? Uh, maybe like one of those garden gnomes. Yeah, you could you could find a, an object. Absolutely. Just something heavy enough to break through a window. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I pick up like let's say one of those like decorative uh, garden rocks, uh, and just with as much force as I can, I will push it through uh, one of the more concealed windows that's maybe like concealed by like a bush or trees or something like that. Okay. Roll stealth. Are you trying to be stealthy, like sneaky with it? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I'm not great at it, but I'll try. <gasps> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, with a 17 out of 16. Um, yeah, it, there's a uh, Geneva, Michael. You just hear this loud crash um, of, of breaking glass. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of failure that hurts the most, you know? Honestly. I'm immediately looking at the neighbors to see if we've caught any attention. Roll artist. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I was I was already keeping uh, watch, so I think oh, I will yep. roll as well. You go ahead and roll, yeah. No, we can both roll. Oh, I mean, well, you succeeded. I won't risk it. You succeeded, so you go for it. <laughs> well, the, well, the 46 out of 82, Michael, you don't see any curtains move. You don't see anybody poke their heads out. Somehow, it seems as if you have avoided arousing attention just yet. Because maybe the neighbors rolled worse than Cassie did. Okay. Uh, Michael will go. I th- I think we're good, but we should take advantage of this now. Well, what window did you choose uh, there, Cassie? Like front side? I, well, yeah, without knowing the layout of the house itself, uh, just something that was concealed by enough, uh, whether it was like trees or shrubbery or like other buildings or something like that, just enough that was concealed. Uh, preferably something towards the front of the house, but if it's like the back of the house, like the kitchen or something like that, that's fine. Okay. I don't know. Again, I don't know the layout of the house. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No problem. We'll say, um, yeah, we'll say it's a, it, it, it's a side window. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. And yeah, I mean, she's got experience breaking into things, so. So she'll climb into the window. Uh, okay. just, as soon as, just as casually and as soon as the, the window opens up enough. <laughs> so casually. <laughs> Look, she's had to get into, you know, she's had to squat sometimes. Mm, yeah. You find yourself in uh, what was probably once the living room. Um, there is a bare wood floor that is absolutely pitted and stained with oil and gasoline. And the, the smell is just almost overwhelming of just metal and machine and again oil and gas you see truck drive shafts counterweights large ponderous machines just kind of strewn throughout in various states of disassembly 
the most prominent is this large standing clockwork monstrosity in one corner. Yeah. Uh, I, does this trigger any memory from the night floors, whether it's the scent or this machine itself? No. Okay. Um, then yeah, she will she'll look at it for a moment, uh, leery, and uh, keeping as far as she can away from it, she will start to move towards, uh, I guess, the front door. Where was Mark at? Yeah, where'd Mark go? During yeah, Mark the was, would have been at the front door. Okay. Uh, so yeah, she'll move towards the front door to let him in. Okay. All right. Anybody do anything with the mail? Just kind of leave it? Yeah. yeah were, I, were you looking I, at the mail, uh, Geneva and Mark? I wasn't, no. Um, Mark, Mark will take a look at the mail just to confirm, I mean, what we all already seem to know. Uh, when, when, does the, when does the mail start, I guess, would be a good question. So scooping it up is one thing. It would definitely take you a while to kind of sort through and start kind of piecing together any kind of timeline. Okay, well, Mark, Mark, uh, when the door opens, Mark will have the the uh, mail scooped up in his hand, and he will come inside to take a look at it. Wrinkle his nose at the gas smell coming from within. Yeah. And then Geneva and Michael are at the back? Yep. Okay, then yes, uh, we'll start to walk through the house as you know, quietly as we can, but head towards them to open and let them in. Okay. Yeah, you, you go kind of through the, the living room into the dining room, back into the kitchen, and that rear stoop where you find um, Geneva and Michael still kind of doing their walk around and you open the door. And Geneva and Michael, you look up and there's there's Cassie. Yeah, I'll head in quickly before anyone sees. Uh, Michael will follow her lead. So you, you step inside, and the house is, is almost completely dark, uh, except for what little light is streaming in through the edges of the curtains. Um, there are two paint pans on the kitchen counter with nuts and bolts soaking in gasoline, and again, your noses are just immediately assailed by that, that just overpowering miasma of, of gas and oil. Um, it is absolutely clear no one has eaten here in weeks. Dishes are piled in a corner. Uh, they're clean, but they've been smashed. Uh, silverware is uh, neatly stacked in a dusty drawer. This is so weird. It's definitely not what I was expecting. Like, I wasn't expecting like mechani- mechanical stuff. Um, Michael's just going to start searching around and see if he can find anything interesting. Anywhere in particular, or? He will search the living room. Okay. Um, again, uh, you kind of step in to the living room. Kind of, It's kind of, the living room and the dining room are kind of almost conjoined. Like, there's not really mm-hmm. much separating them. It's kind of like one uh, large area that's been kind of divided up into, you know, these two areas. Sure. Um, so there were French doors once separating the dining room from the living room, but it looks like those have absolutely just been taken down. Um, and in the corner of the living room itself, kind of up against the wall near where those doors used to be situated is this large monstrosity. Um, this mechanical 
beast, for lack of a better term. I guess, yeah, I guess he wouldn't have to search very hard to find something interesting. Um, can I examine it and see if I can understand literally anything about it? Like what its purpose is or like, does it look like it's supposed to move? Is there joints with pistons attached to them or is it just like stationary and produces something or is it more like an art installation? Where's I'm just out of curiosity. Where's Mark at this time? I think Mark would have stepped in through the front door, probably into the living room and, uh, and sat down on, on the couch and, uh, begin going through the the mail as um as michael moves towards the the machine uh to take a closer look though mark would just look up and say i'd be careful of that if i was you um i i, I saw something well that reminds me of that and uh it didn't turn out well for the folks who had to deal with it what do you mean i mean it was it's a long time ago, but I think machines like this have a tendency to be very, very violent. Oh. Okay. Uh, I wasn't planning on touching it. Um, I, I was just going to look it up, but what did you see before? Actually, I got I to gotta retcon a little bit. I apologize. How dare you? How dare you? Mm-hmm. I know. Son I of a bitch. <laughs> So for those who did enter the living room, mm-hmm. you obviously you do see this gigantic monstrous thing in the corner, but also set in the middle of the living room floor is a large kind of clockwork art installation. It's, it's strange. Um, it's about five feet long, three feet wide and about, one to one and a half feet tall, about kind of the size of like a table hockey console. It's sitting flat on the ground with no legs. The surface of this box has been spray painted matte black. Um, does anybody kind of walk up to it? Yeah, I was actually going to say that Cassandra, when she sees that uh, and once everyone is inside, she'd start to look around the piece to see if there's like anything any kind of like signature on it perhaps like abigail's signature or even like if it like looks like something that she would make so um it it, not from what you can see like no kind of art artist signature or engraving or anything like that it it does it appears to be like a, a whole piece but then you look at it closer and it's actually cut by these barely visible slots lines and hinges uh hinges uh if you start kind of messing around with these, you can see that there are um, these strange, like, carefully made pop-up pieces of wood on metal hinges, tracks, and pulleys. And in fact, as soon as you touch it, you hear this whirring sound. And something inside begins to click and snap. And before you can react, all of a sudden, these small, flat paintings of the four of you pop up through the slots in the surface. They move and they spin and they slide down these recessed tracks. And as they move, these sets begin to spring up around them. Uh, The Boston skyline, uh, the house that you all found yourself in this morning. I actually need you to roll sanity there. Um, 
Cassie. Sure. And is anybody else watching this? Uh, is it I kind of? Sorry, you go ahead. I was going to ask, like, is it loud? Like, does it make like clicking noises? You, yeah, oh yeah. Attention. You can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Geneva maybe went to go look at another room, but hearing that, she probably comes in and like she'll. It's a big thing making noise, so yeah, she looks at it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what about you, Michael? I was going to say, if there wasn't anything uh, on the machine that I was the big, the monstrous machine that is captivating enough to to hold, you know, to be well, more the, important. The thing, the thing is, so the thing is pretty captivating because it's fucking huge. Yeah. Um. So. But I mean, like, if it's not moving or doing anything, uh, then I think the clicking and the active noise would, would be enough well, to turn it. As you step closer to it and probably within <laughs> about three feet of it, you hear this sharp whine begin to build. Oh, does it build when he moves or does it build even when he's standing there? It builds even when you're standing there. If I take a step back, does it stop? It begins to power down. Okay. Um... Yeah, he's going to turn around and go, nobody get any closer to this one. And Cassie, stand back. You don't know what that's going to do. Uh, Mark Mark will uh, stand up and walk closer to Cassie where she's standing next to the art installation. That's a 73 out of 24 for the sanity check. So you lose one. And uh, Geneva and Mark, if you're Looking at this thing, you too see your painted, uh, I guess, painted figurines in this display. I need you both to roll sanity as well. Ooh, Ooh how fun! <laughs> yeah, so Whoa. Mark, with Whoa. A six, yeah, Mark with a sixty out of sixty-five, you lose nothing, and uh, Geneva with a one out of fifty-five, you lose nothing. Dang, I almost, man. <laughs> okay, cool. So as this. Uh, display continues to click and whir and move. Uh, it's almost like a, a tiny mechanical puppet show. Um, and it very clearly shows. It almost runs in reverse for a little bit. Uh, you know, you Cassie and Mark, you see yourselves at the Dorchester house. You see yourselves in the cotton candy room and the group therapy talking with with Bale. You see figurines representing Ira and Jenny. You see yourselves running from the clown. You see yourselves meeting Geneva and uh, and um, Michael. As you move through the world now, reaching the present, it actually shows you entering Barbus's residence and finding this very thing, this very clockwork world that you are now watching. I need you all three to roll sanity once again. Uh, I was going to say there would be no way that Michael would uh, not come over and and see what everybody else was looking at. Yeah, you see yourself at this point. Yeah, you see yourself on there as well at this point. So with a 74 out of 49, you lose one, and I need you to roll one more sanity at this point. Ah, oh, so god damn it. <laughs> okay. So Michael, my mouth shut. <laughs> with a 66 out of 49, you lose four. Oof. Oh, I'm below my breaking point. Oh, okay. 
Ooh. All right, welcome to the club. How is, how is that so low? Did you recalculate it? I don't think so. Um, yeah, potentially not. Let's take a look. Yeah, because I, sh- I started with 49 sanity points in this session, and my breaking point is 48. Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah, let's take a look at that real quick. Give me two seconds. Sure. No problem. I don't want to screw you over here if I don't have to. Mm. Okay, so it should be, your sanity is your power times five, so you should have started with 60. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, thank you very much. But did you uh, did you lose some because of uh, the hard? Oh, that's right. Or? Yep, that's right. Yep. Uh, with hard experience, so so stand by. So you would, it was, starting value would have been sixty. Uh, so here I'll plug it in. I'm I'm in your character sheet right now. Sure. Uh, hard experience would reduce it, and then I do think I lost uh, like one or uh, like a few last session as well. But that wouldn't reduce your max. Would have been forty-eight. So then, yep. So yeah, it would have been your breaking point would have been forty-eight at that point. Hard experience, um, reduce your sand by five, so it would have been fifty-five. Okay, so we'll take we'll we'll do it by another. So you might have. So uh, we'll 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 give you fifty. I'll give you fifty. I honestly, I think the forty-nine was like. I think the 49 was right. Like we started at 55. I'm pretty sure I lost okay. quite a few points last time. You did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Scrolling after, up, you did. <laughs> yeah. After uh, sleeping or anything, you don't change your breaking point at all. It's just what it is. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then I, I, I went past my breaking point. <laughs> so now you're at 45. Yeah. I would be at 44 because I lost one and then I lost four. That's right. So you have 44. Okay. Oof. Um, it's not five below. It's not five below. So no temporary insane. Yeah, you don't go temporarily insane. Uh, you will need to select a new disorder. Well, that's fun. Can we just roll for one? Is there a way to do that? Yeah, we can. I'll 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 figure it out. Yeah, sure. Um, and okay, so yeah, and then reset your breaking point to uh your new breaking point. So it's your current sanity, whatever it is right now, uh, minus your um power. Sweet. All right, I'm catching up, Cassandra. Coming for it. Yeah, yeah. Where they're going to be the king and queen of homecoming at the local insane asylum. <laughs> the local insane asylum is bad and dangerous, so I hope not. <laughs> so uh, Cassie with a 78 out of 23, I need you to roll 1d4. Uh, Geneva with a 57 out of 55, I also need you to roll 1d4. And uh, Mark with a 22 out of 65, you lose nothing. Ooh, I've seen Ka- it all before. Yeah, Cassie and Geneva, you both lose one. Love that for me. As you're watching this performance continue, uh, so uh, not to interrupt. I'm sorry, just so yeah. I have a better understanding of the visual. So it's like those like old time, uh, like cuckoo clock automatons, but like in a very elaborate way. So like all these different locations are sliding up as like wood paneling or something like that. And exactly. Yep. Exactly. And there's no apparent power source. This thing isn't plugged in anything, but we still hear like mechanics going. Yes. Okay. Um, and so it takes you up to the present where it shows you entering this residence now finding this clockwork world and, you know, watching it. And then you begin moving through the world again 
and strange figures appear on either side of you. With the agents, with the four of you sliding in between them, these new figures are wearing gas masks and carrying shotguns, and they frenetically chase you. There are these little pops as these gas mask wearing figures begin shooting gunpowder squibs out of the ends of these shotguns, each triggered by a tiny clockwork hammer. Some of these gas mask figures are occasionally killed by Geneva and Michael, or at least the little figurines representing them, and they vanish into the box only to pop up again, harassing you in greater numbers. As this team, this group, appears, an oversized gold-clad king slides silently ahead of this procession of, of you all as you are pursued. And where he goes, the set appears just ahead of you, as if this king in yellow is making the world around you. Finally, you rush towards a building that resolves from several clockwork movements, revealing a sign that reads, Hotel Broadlebin. Past it, the Golden King enters a pop-up cavern and appears to place a bottle on a shelf. When your figurines, when your curios reach the hotel, all of the elements vanish back into the table. Okay, so the gas mask shotgun people entered the house we are in now in this? No, it, 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 and it, they, um, they appeared apparently after you had left. Gotcha. Noted. Well, I guess we're never leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Good job, Ben. We win. From the um, from the scene that we just witnessed, is it possible to to tell any features about the where we found the hotel Brodelbin? Like what we were doing right before we found the hotel Brodelbin? You were running. The and, and, and it's not like we saw a clock tower or something like that. No clear, um, okay. no clear landmarks. It was very strange, almost schizophrenic, right? Um, it, it looks, it looked like you were going through like a movie set or a soundstage, passing workers. Then it looks like you're in an alleyway, then a theater. Uh, running past stunned theater goers and then a city with old timey cars and old timey cops chasing after you until finally this like huge art deco monstrosity with the hotel broadle bin brightly lit on its front. Maybe not old timey old timey is probably disingenuous, but like 50s, 60s. Right, right. Wait, so it's, I'm sorry, I'm just confused because art nerd. Uh, so it's is art is it Art Deco or like from the 50s or 60s? Well, so the vehicles weren't necessarily old timey. They they were more from the 50s or 60s. Yeah, okay. The construction, but was the building itself is like 20s Art Deco potentially. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, I failed to give you um, any instructions after you studied the Red Book there, uh, Cassie, or you started to read it. Did you read the whole thing? No, because Ka- Geneva stopped you. So yeah, no, y'all stopped me. But yes, I did. I did peruse it. Okay, I wouldn't say I, I'd say you haven't had an opportunity to study it fully in depth yet. Okay. Yeah, seeing as how I left it at the hotel, do I just like did I just you didn't, no? It? It's in your back pocket. What are you talking about? Oh, okay, gotcha. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure. Hate that. 
So now that this, this clockwork diorama has died down and the the play, for lack of a better term, has ceased, uh, what does everybody do now? Mark, uh, you had the mail and um, Michael, you had briefly checked out this monstrosity in the corner uh, that had started kind of whirring. It started whirring worryingly as you approached it, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of began to recede as you backed away. But looking at this thing, it, it, it's it's all greased steel pipes connected by iron flywheels, cogs, small gearboxes that protrude from what is otherwise a relatively thin silhouette. Its head, if you can even call it that, or at least the hub or heart, whatever of this thing, is this square gearbox in the center uh, of the structure. And at first glance, it looks like the innards of a giant inverted industrial umbrella without the cloth or, I mean, for lack of a better term, a weapons grade hat rack. (laughs) (laughs) The bases of the poles end in small half moon steel tubes cut at an angle. Uh, This thing, it has to weigh 220 kilos. Easy. Oh, yeah. Um, which is 485 pounds for uh, us American folks. Yeah, I was about to say, that means nothing to me. 485 pounds. Mark, looking at this thing, can you roll in times five for me? Sure. Uh, that is a 16% out of 90 success. It looks a lot like that thing that you found sketched on a napkin in Abigail Wright's apartment. Yeah, yeah, I was I was wondering. Um what you remember based on the the writing is it was known as the lion. Lion? Yeah. Le- right. Leon Leon in Portuguese. And there was another figure as well. The scribe. The scribe, yeah. That the other one doesn't look like the scribe, right? No, no, this is this no. is something you've never seen or witnessed before. And uh, GB, the napkin we figured out uh, actually came from the restaurant that we uh, first met uh, Barbison, right? That is correct. Yeah. And just so I can be uh, clear, the one that he identified as looking like the lion uh, is the one that I approached or the one yes. that produced the life life. Okay, cool. Yeah. The, the one that produced the play is really just like this flat, uh, mm-hmm. table hockey console painted black in the middle of the floor. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, Mike will, after kind of taking a second to, uh, shit his pants about the weird robo play he just watched. Um, I think the one in the corner does something as well. I'm not sure what it is, but when I approached it, it started to make a noise like it was doing something. Whine almost. Yeah, Mark Mark stands up and, and takes a closer look at the one in the corner. He says, oh, that's, that's not like those machines that... That is one of those machines. I, I saw a drawing of that before. Hang okay. on. Okay. It, it it came. I remember the the napkins that the drawing was on. They they came from that restaurant that Barbus 
lured us to in the beginning, the gateway bridges. Okay, that makes sense. Do you know what it does? If history's any predictor of future events, uh, that thing kills people in a bad way. Oh. And Michael takes a moment to think about how close he got to the machine. <laughs> you heard it, like, powering up? I mean, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, that's what it sounded like. It started to whine a little, like something was... I don't know. Oh, yeah. It was called the Lion. That's right. Leon in Portuguese. Why do you say that it would kill someone? What experience do you have with something like it? Now, when I was first starting out, I, I went to a, a, a fraternity at a university. And the, the, the folks there had built something reminiscent of this. It, uh, it went off. Chopped them into bits. Splayed them all over the place. <laughs> that was my... That was my first introduction to all this. Hmm. Well, Maybe this one's front. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think it's probably best that we... Don't test it, then. Yeah. I mean, it's... For all I know, this one could dispense lollipops, but I doubt it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> you just approach it, and it's like a like a really loud whining noise, and all these gears and levers are moving, and five minutes later, just like a little mechanical hand with a lollipop pops out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mark would still be like, don't eat it. <laughs> It's funny because I've gotten to the point now where I've had so many characters that I, Brett the player, just want to send Michael over to it so he can get just to see what will happen. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'll just make another character after. And then I'll have the knowledge, even though Michael's dead. While, uh, so while Mark and Michael are kind of commiserating over over this, this mechanical beast, uh, Geneva, Cassie, what are you doing? Um... I want to go find the bedroom and search that. Okay. I think she's uh, going to check out for a second from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cassandra's going to do similarly. Similarly, she's going to go and start to look around the house. Um, okay. Just kind of going through spaces. She'll let Geneva take over the bedroom, but just maybe find his office to see if there's something there. Uh, maybe go through. Uh, the. She actually, she definitely wants to check the fridge. Okay. Uh, while so, let's do this. Uh, both of you make search rolls. Oh, nice! All right, yeah. Cassie with a five out of seventy-three, and Geneva with a one out of seventy critical success. Um, we'll say, uh, Cassie, do you start your search here in the living room, or you just do you? I'm going to start from the kitchen because of my own history with uh, refrigerators, and I'm going to go ahead and check the refrigerator first to see if. Uh, the food is there, and if it's preserved like the other places I've checked. Got it. Okay, so we'll start with you. Um, as you go through the refrigerator, um, first and foremost, you notice that it is warm and empty, except for some condiments and a box of baking soda. It is clear that no one's eaten here 
in, in weeks. Uh, and there's no like um, expired food stuff that is somehow still like it recently preserves. purchased fresh or preserved. Yeah, no, it's 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 all like well expired and well rotten. And how old do the appliances look like? How old does like the fridge look? And if there's a washing machine, a dishwasher rather, uh, or, you know, how, how old does that stuff look? Like not, not like wicked old, like not something that would strike you as particularly unusual, uh, probably within the past decade or so. Like nothing, okay, so it's nothing not like older. antique stuff. Got it. No, 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 no. It's just obviously the power is off to this place. Uh, hasn't been on in some time. And, uh, Barbus has not seen fit to bother himself with upkeep. Are there, is there cutlery or dishes anywhere? Yeah, so there are dishes that were piled in the corner uh, that were that were clean, but they've been smashed and then silverware stacked in this in this dusty drawer. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I just want to make sure that maybe I, I have a knife uh, so that I have something to defend myself in case I need it. Yep, you have a steak knife. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll tuck that away, uh, and then yeah, I'll just try to find an office or something like that. What you do. With that search roll, though, within taking about 10 minutes to kind of go through the rest of the kitchen, you find a cell phone uh, taped to the upper part of a drawer. Um, It looks like kind of one of those cheap prepaid flip phones that you can pretty much buy at any convenience store. Um, It doesn't appear to be charged or have any power, uh, but there is a symbol scratched into the plastic housing uh what is your occult skill my occult skill is 54 54 jesus how did you get a fifth jesus christ um you notice that this is the mark of citri uh, a demon found in various demonologies uh such as the ars Goetia. with that score would i know what that devil is uh, in charge of or what their domain is. With that, I would say make a roll okay, to see if you recall that. Ooh. 49 out of 54. Yeah. Um, vaguely, you recall that uh, Citri was a great prince of hell, um, caused men to love women and vice versa, can make people bear themselves naked if desired, had the face of a leopard, the wings of a griffin, um, but could change into a very beautiful person. Okay, so like a, a demon of like seduction and desire. Right. Okay. Um, and ha- how old does the phone look like? What does the charger uh, uh, input look like? Is it like... Is oh, it it's... Something that I could, is it something that basically if I asked one of the other uh, uh, party members if they maybe had a cell phone charger, would it match that or would I have to go to like a... Uh, convenience store to pick up one. Oh no! Th- th- you so you could you could they would either have one on hand or you'd be able to go to a convenience store and buy one. This is okay. this is a phone that it it feels and looks new. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. So I'll pocket it for now and just keep looking. Okay. Geneva, with your search, are you are you doing the living room at all, or are you you just kind of combing through the rest? Um. Specifically wanted to look for the bedroom, because um, I think the living room was where the big machine thingies were, right? Yes. Yeah, so she's going to leave that room for those. So yeah, she's going to go check out um, the bedroom, kind of looking for any sign that 
there's any sign of lived in or something that he might have left behind. And from there, uh, maybe a quick sweep of the rest. See Got what it. you can find. So you do find an abandoned back room that looks like it could have one point been a like a guest room or like a, a first floor bedroom. Um, that room and its closet have been cleared out. The floor is bare and it appears if no one has really been in this room for for a long time. Uh, on the way there, though, there is a ground floor bathroom, which is uh, strangely untouched. Uh, entering it, there's dust on the dark tile. There's a dozen uh, mundane books stacked carefully in the sink. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's weird. But apart from the books in the, in the sink, it just looks like this room hasn't been used. Uh, I want to take a closer look at the books, see if there's anything that stands out about them. It would it would take you probably quite a while to go through them all, uh, but nothing that stands out to you as being particularly uh, unusual or strange. Like there there are older books. Like you see some Kipling in there. You see some Borges. You see um, uh, Poe. Just a, a, a wide variety of authors from a wide variety of uh, time periods. Nancy Drew. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Like some, some Hardy Boys thrown in there for good measure. Yeah, exactly. Like it looks like, <laughs> like they look like those really old hardbound books that didn't really have traditional covers. You know what I mean? Like what we. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Michael and uh, if you wanted to search anything else, you all would have to go to the second floor and, and make search rolls up there as well. Okay. But I think for. My- oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think for Michael, he is going to do a search of the living room to make sure that they didn't miss anything. Beautiful. Go ahead and roll that beautiful search rule for me. Come on. Yeah. Ooh. All right. What we get? Let me, sorry. Uh, 16 out of 60. Perfect. You keep a wide berth of this thing that Mark referred to as the lion. Um, I sure do. You find... Um, there's smashed chunks of ceramics in a corner of the living room on these sheets of newspaper. Um, no idea what it is. It looks maybe like it was some kind of mold at some point. It's really hard to tell. Um, That's not the first because there's the plates too. So I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. Okay. Um, you kind of dig through the rest. Like again, all of that just industrial uh, mechanical material just scattered throughout the floor of the living and dining room, all in various stages of disassembly. Um, you know, toolboxes, uh, old books, other items just scattered everywhere. You find this torn, oil-stained photocopy of a book called The Ars Gwedia. Okay. Uh, he will pick it up and flip through it briefly. You do see that it, it looks like it was printed out from like the internet. Okay. Um, and it looks like it's been marked up with uh, notes. It's about 52 pages. Um, it's covered in oil stains, pen marks, scribbled notes in blue ink. And then uh, someone else is writing in a red felt tip pen. Okay. He'll... he'll um... It's 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 it, because it seems like it's been printed from the internet. It's soft enough to fold up and stick in his suit totally. pocket. Okay, yeah. sweet. Uh, does Michael know what the Ars Gwedia is? No, no. Okay. Um, 
can I read the first like page and see if there's anything interesting on it before tucking it away? Um, actually, what's your occult score at? Uh, not great. Um, from what I can remember, uh, twenty. So yeah, actually, pretty good. Yeah. Um. Let's. Uh, so you would know that the Ars Gordia. It, it's definitely like it, it's the first book of the uh, Lamagedon. The Lesser Key of Solomon, which was a, gim- a grimoire that circulated sometime in the 17th century, and it was written by someone using the pseudonym King Solomon. Um, oh, okay. But other than that, yeah, it, it just it, it appears to contain an invocation and then the names and descriptions of 72 different demons. Oh, so when he sees the demons, oh yeah, you know exactly who those are. Yeah, okay. Uh, does King Solomon uh, give any of his like? his like brain demon thing a tickle no okay uh so he'll look at the very first name of the very first demon and get that kind of like flash of i know who this is i know how to contact them and i know where they are uh and then like almost like jerk back from the book snap it closed take a couple of really deep steadying breaths fold it and tuck it in a suit suit jacket pocket yeah amen ronald amen lewis he's 24 caucasian you know how to get hold of him if you need to. Hmm. Huh. What's and Mark then, doing? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, and then he'll go to find someone else. Okay. Yeah, Mark was uh, on the couch in the living room, uh, going through the mail, trying to piece together from it. How long Perfect. has it been? That sort of thing. Uh, also, just generally looking through the mail to see if anything sticks out. Love it. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and roll and make an accounting roll, and it's going to take you probably about one hour to go through everything. Oh, okay. Uh, so that is a 46 out of 80. 46 out of 80. Beautiful. Um, we'll say uh, one of the first things you notice as you kind of go through this pile of mail trying to build this timeline. Um, the first thing you can tell is that it looks like the power and the water were both disconnected in August. Um, and you also find letters from the police union that are indicating, you know, show up to work or we're going to fire you uh, for for Barbus. But the other thing that stands out is this postcard. Um, it's an old looking postcard with a tinted photograph of a strange castle. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and show it to you. Because there's a handout for that. That should be visible to everyone. Yeah, I can see it. Yes. And and the back as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. So the uh, it has no stamp or postmark. Um what's your history at Mark? Um, hold on. Probably not great. Uh yeah, just the standard ten percent. Okay. Do you want to make a roll? Sure. Go for it. I will Oh, that's a 95. Yeah, 95 out of 10. Um, yeah, hard to tell what the architecture is or where this possibly could be. Mm-hmm. But on the back, you see, a, you know, some letters are forward, some are backwards, some are upside down. Um, you can make a, do you have anything in mathematics or SIGINT? Oh, I don't know. No. Um Mathematics, no. Because I mean, that's a that would be something that you have to choose. But second, yep. 
everybody automatically has something, right? Nope, I have a zero. Okay. Yeah, no idea what that what that cipher could be. Uh, I'm going to look more closely at this uh, postcard, try to see, uh, as we found with the invitation, you know, if there's um, any any kind of, you know, false backing, uh, you know, anything like that. Basically doing a, a forensic analysis as I did before. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll uh, forensics. Okay. 31 out of 50. 31 out of 50. Perfect. Yeah. You check the seams of the postcard to see if, you know, any, if it's like been pressed together with something sandwiched in the middle. Um, nothing. It is one solid piece of thick paper and, uh, you don't, you know, apart from, it looks like whatever this cipher is on the back, there's nothing really else that stands out about it. Uh, nothing hidden in the imagery or in, in the material itself. And there's appears to be something written on the front. Um, I can I tell if that's that's part of the original, um, or if that's been been added. It's it, that that's essentially that's all you can really tell. As you can see, that something was written there, but you can't really make out what it is. Okay, but but it looks like it was. It's not part of the original illustration. It's it's been written on top of it. Right. Okay. I mean, it, it kind of. I don't know. June. Eight, eleven, twenty-six. I maybe. Yeah. But no, then June wouldn't make sense if it's eight, eleven, twenty-six. Well, as you pour through that, uh, Geneva and Cassie, are you heading upstairs? Uh, yes, for now. Yep, Geneva is as well. Okay. Uh, both of you make search rules. Ooh, three out of 73 for Cassie. 63 out of 70 for Geneva. Perfect. Uh, Cassie, what are you looking for? Uh really just any trace of either Barbas himself or um, any indication of any past visitors here. Like maybe they left behind some other materials like, uh, like instructions or letters or something, anything like that. Got it. Okay. So with you, you head on up and you take the uh, bedroom on the left and we'll say, uh, Geneva, you take the bedroom on the right as you head up this this staircase, kind of splitting the the home in half. Um, as you move into this left bedroom, you see it was a, a small bedroom that was maybe once used as a home office. Uh, it retains much of its furniture, but it looks like the legs were knocked off the cheap particle board desk in the middle of the room and the chair has been overturned. The desk itself sits on the ground among a sea of papers, half-owned books, scrawled receipts, and diagrams. Uh, A strange machine, approximately the size of a water cooler, sits on the desk. It looks like a combination... It looks like a typewriter, a cotton gin, and a clock were all smashed together to form like a small 
well-oiled machine. There are two hooks on the end of extendable limb-like shafts of lightweight metal. One hook holds a quill pen. Uh, A refillable ink pot is set into the machine's base, which opens with a mechanical latch. If you had to guess, maybe the entire thing weighs 16 kilograms. I'm an American. Just times it by like two point two. Which is, yeah, thir- which is about 35 pounds. All right. Um, okay. Uh, as I get closer to it, does it start to whirl, uh, whiz? Um, it does. Let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. It does not, no. Okay. Then I will approach it. Um, as you kind of dig through, we'll say as you dig through the rest of the... Are you just focusing on this for now, or are you going through the rest of the I'm room? I'm going through as everything in the room. Okay. Just as much as I can. Sorry, I had a smudge on my glasses I had to get rid of. Okay. Um, so you notice that there is a... Um, like a paper hopper in, in its face, kind of like a, like a printer uh, that you could kind of press paper into. Um, but as you go through the rest of the room, you find uh, four half-printed, smeared, and misfolded invitations. Um, identical. Identical to the invitations you received to Operation India Moon, to the Gateway Bridges restaurant. Are they addressed to anybody? Yes. Who are they addressed to? You all. At the bottom of this pile is a cheat sheet. It's a single sheet of paper with small machine-like ink notes that have each of your home addresses and information on what you presume to be people close to them, including information on your son and your ex-husband. Yeah. I need you to roll sanity. When you say you all, I just want to be sure, do you mean like the current party or is the invitations for the people that showed up to the restaurant. So like Ira and Jenny. Ira and Jenny are on there as well. Okay, cool. Including me and Michael? We're there too? Uh, well, first, uh, Cassie, uh, with a 30 out of 22, I need you to roll 1d4. You lose one. Unless you want to project. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I can do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just eating it. Um, yes, I will project. I'm going to project. Um, I'm going to project onto Bradley Jr. Okay. Yeah. So you roll your one d four willpower. Three. So you lose three willpower, but you'll only mitigate the loss of that one willpower, that one sanity point. Okay. And then I reduce his score by one, right? Yep. Okay. As you look through it, um, there's another cheat sheet kind of crumpled underneath it, and it has information for a Michael Whitwer, a Geneva Brown, and a Roger Thelemus. I'm going to spend some time with the ones on Michael and Geneva. Uh sitting on the floor looking at them uh, but also keeping the other ones close to me 
Uh, and then after I read through there, the, the two of theirs, uh, information, I'll read over the ones on, uh, Roger. Okay. Yeah. It's got information on people close to them. Okay. Um, like their who? addresses light. Well, so for, uh, Michael, we have Ophelia Citri, his fiance, Evelyn. Whitwer. Did you say Ophelia Citri? I did. Okay. Evelyn Whitware Grant, his mother. For Geneva, we have Tom Rollins, who appears to be an ex-fiance. All right. And then what about Roger? Roger has a wife and a uh, child listed. Okay. While this is going on, Geneva. Yeah. Since that's taking some time, this and during this time you would have searched through uh, the other bedroom, which appears to be uh, a, a somewhat used bedroom. Um, it's bare apart from a half-turned-over futon, a splintered dresser that has been struck multiple times with probably a hatchet, piles of dirty clothing. Uh, there's a, a hibachi micro-grill right next to the futon. Um... There's a closet door that's been closed, and the mirror on the outside of it has been completely smashed. And the wood floor is chipped with half-moon marks as if from the edge of a metal file. Um, with the the way the futon is kind of pushed over, you see that there is a symbol uh, etched into the floor underneath it. What's your occult at? Uh, it is 30. So you do recognize it as, um, related to demonology. And so I'll give you the opportunity to make a roll. Okay, fun. No. Bummer. Yeah, with a 55 out of 30. You just can't place it. Um, so I want to check, um, like the closet and then, uh, you said there was like, drawers and stuff that seemed like they were all hacked to bits. I just want to double check and see if there was maybe anything in there that, whether this was just like random chaos or if these things were particularly targeted by whatever this was. Right. So it, it looks like the dresser has just been has just been smashed by something thin and and just blunt and sharp. Blunt and sharp are strictly exclusive. So something something sharp has collided with this thing multiple times. It, it's really hard to tell what possibly could have done it. But looking at the hibachi grill, um, you find fragments of this like thick, fine brown vellum uh, that have been partially burned. And digging through it, you find words like Aldene, Yades, Uhat, Yellow, Phantom of TRU. And I'll, I'll put those in the chat. And um, as you, you go through the closet, it's uh, long and narrow, painted the same rust red as the exterior of the house. There are piles of old clothes on the ground and small, unremarkable empty boxes. Inside the closet, set into the wall opposite the door, is a tiny door. <gasps> it's... On the far side of these iron bars that have been embedded in a wall of cement blocks, and there's a mail slot 
that's set into the red door, which opens presumably into the space beyond. Um, looks like anything smaller than maybe 10 centimeters could be put through the bars. Uh, it's about two feet tall, maybe 1.6 feet wide. So you said there were like metal bars. Does it look like it's keeping something out or in, I guess, technically? That is hard to, that would be, that is hard to tell. Gotcha, gotcha. Does it, I mean, are there any like marks that would indicate that something has been trying to get out maybe? Or is it just that there's that little mail slot and that's all there is? That's all there is. Can the door be opened, theoretically? You can't. You can reach through. Yeah. And you reach an arm through and... Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I don't yet. I just want... The, theoretically, the, hypothetically. The, hypothetically, if you wanted to reach an arm through, uh, you could see if the door is locked and potentially okay. open it. Uh, I'm going to text Michael and ask him to come up here real quick for backup. Okay. And yes, Cassandra, it's in the closet. Returning downstairs. Just real quick, sorry. Um, yeah. As I'm sitting there up up there thinking about all the things that I found, when I was in the kitchen, there was no kind of food. There was no kind of condiments or anything like that other than what was in the fridge. So there wasn't like any salt or pepper or anything like that? Correct. Okay. Um, Michael, uh, or I'm sorry, Mark, as you continue going through the mail... The timeline you're able to build is that um, it looks like his deterioration began in early June and culminated with, you know, him being terminated from his employment or being close to terminated. Uh, There's collection notices, past due notices, um, you know, accounts being referred to collections agencies. you know, the power and the water being disconnected, uh, threats of foreclosure on the residence itself. This guy has clearly been in a downward spiral for some time. But, I mean, June, I mean, we're thinking this guy's been part of this game for years and years. Right. Yeah. But Potentially. But June June is when you notice that things appear to have taken a, a, a distinct turn. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Michael, what are you doing? Um, I think once he's done copiously sweating about the book that he found, um, he is going to probably make his way over to Mark uh, and just... Hey, find anything? Uh, yeah, I uh, Mark holds up the... Uh, postcard and says, what? what do you make of this? I, I don't know. I mean, those, those buildings on the front almost look European. And, mm. and uh, you see these shadowy figures down at the bottom? Yeah. Does that remind you of those people we saw? Oh, no, wait, you weren't there. What people? When we were in the Dorchester house, there was this vision of like a medieval court. Okay. Um, Handler, does does this look like that? 
It reminds me of that. Yeah, reminds you of it. Okay. Yeah. Um. What is this? Is this blood? Uh, he'll lean down and take a closer look. Could be. This thing looks old. It, if it is, it's very old blood. I mean, it looks like it. Huh. You know anything about art or architecture? <laughs> uh, no. Hmm. No, that's not really my... Not really... Not really my purview. Yeah, Jenny would have been the person to ask. I I don't know. Um, and you can see that uh, Mark has uh, uh, taken out... Uh, well, I guess, no, he doesn't have pencil and paper anymore, does he? Can I get some pe- pencil and paper? Is there some around? Um, make a luck roll. All right. Um... Actually, I mean, there's paper, there's, there's the, but, uh, there's lots. Yeah. There's lots of, yeah, like, looking. Th- yeah. 32 and 50. You find like a, like a broken half of a pencil with, with some of the lead still in it or some of the, the graphite still in it. And, uh, like a, a piece of old newspaper you can start scribbling on. All right. Yeah. Mark has, uh, started, uh, writing letters and symbols down on the, on some paper and, and is, you know, making like a, a matrix. Okay. I don't know. Uh, obviously they, they wrote something here, but it appears to be encrypt encoded. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, I'm sorry. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, maybe, maybe Cassie or Geneva will have an idea. Anyway, I mean, he, um, yeah, I suppose you folks already knew this, uh, that <laughs> Barbus kind of uh, went through a rapid decline uh, starting in, in June. Yes. Yeah. Although, <laughs> from what we understand, it, it may have started quite a bit before then. Yeah, but that's when, you know, he stopped paying his bills and showing up for work and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's what I've got. I wonder what the girls are up to upstairs. Let's go find out. And of course, you get you do get a you feel your phone vibrate in your pocket, Michael. Uh, uh, Michael will take it out and look at it. It's probably a picture of the little door she sees in the closet <laughs> with two poop emojis. <laughs> sad face. <laughs> poop emoji. Poop emoji. Sad face. <laughs> um, uh, Michael will send back LOL. <laughs> Good uh, luck. No. <laughs> GG. <laughs> uh, no, he'll go. Yeah, we should go. Um, I think Geneva found something. All Are right. You... Oh, God. Yeah, no, I'm just all right. Uh, Cassie, are you looking through other stuff while you're up there? Yeah, if I mean, if, if I have the time, yeah. You do, yeah. Um, so for you... The only other thing that stands out that you find is, sorry, um, you find a page uh, folded and ripped, but it seems to contain passages of 
uh, the king in yellow. Ooh. Uh, what does it say? It's uh, like page 11. No man can say when one ends or t'other begins. Page 49. Away, you pale demon. Look not on our lives measured only by your prophet. Page 110. The clock has struck and now it is time. Unmask, unmask. Page 115. And none shall walk or move or scream for this place has gone beyond time and tide and reckoning into the gray places where our dreams go. There, finding nothing to die. She'll sit there with the pages in her hand, uh, in one hand, and the invitations in the other. And she'll stuff the invitations into her pocket, her jacket pocket, and just continue to go over these. And then as soon as she starts to hear the others coming up the steps, she'll uh, she'll fold those up and stick those into her pocket as well. Uh, and then before she leaves, she's going to look at the pen that's uh, on this strange mechanation. Okay. Is there any kind of, uh, like... Is it monogrammed? Is it uh, anything about it that seems remarkable? Uh, no, uh, not really. Just kind of like a standard kind of um, quill pen. Okay. Uh, she'll very carefully take it. Okay. And uh, pocket it. Uh, there's no reaction from the machine? Nope. Okay. Uh, and yeah, she will pocket that and start to head to intercept the other two men. Uh, on your way out, you do notice that there is a box uh, in the corner uh, containing six blank red leather-covered notebooks. She'll stop and look down and go through them. They're blank. So there's nothing, there's no names, there's nothing on them? Nope. Okay. But, but they look a lot like the one in your back pocket. Oh, like the play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she will take out three. And as she's coming out of the room, uh, she, the guys would see that she's holding these in her hand. Did you find anything? Mark holds okay. up the this postcard. Does the... Does the imagery look familiar? No. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, from the murals that you saw painted in Skid Row. Oh. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, that sends a shudder down her spine. Uh, and Mark would see that visibly uh, upset her for just a brief moment. Um, what? What is it, Cassie? Uh, the image the, the on the postcard it's it, just uh, it's uh, that mural that, I, that I've talked about wait, one, but, but that was that was in LA wasn't it yes huh. the one that I found in Skid Row before all this started the one that I found in first responders apartment hmm. I mean is it the same or it just looks like it is it the same or does it just look like it S- similar it's, just, it's not the same it's just similar 
possibly the same artist, or, or perhaps they were aping that artist's style. I feel like there's there's just a lot of things going on in this. The more I look at it, I, I, I mean, so it looks like it looks like there's the a scene of buildings and then there's water beneath and then there's reflections of the buildings in the water but the the buildings in the water aren't aren't actually reflections of what's above it don't make no sense it's, michael what do you, it's, oh, michael oh michael what are you doing while they're having this conversation listening intently to them got it okay this isn't a reflection it's it, a con- it's a continuation yeah Hey guys, I don't mean to interrupt you, but what are you talking about? The artwork on this postcard, it's meant to look like a cityscape reflected in water, except it's not. If you look at the line work, it follows into the water itself. There are people under there. Okay. That's actually a really good catch. What do you think it means? I don't know. So, I mean, that this whole thing is about revealing the unseen. Um, do either of you have a phone charger on you? Uh, I don't no. think. Yeah, I don't think I would. Yeah, like we had our cell phones, but you don't really carry one around in your pocket normally. I mean, well, Geneva, we, we checked out. I thought so. At least Geneva and I did. Right. Yeah. yeah. But when they but when they when they found themselves in the hotel, they had, oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right. Yeah, gotcha. I mean. Like right. we didn't have really have much stuff. Gotcha. With All us. Right. No. Ignore Although, me. like, I did go to a corner store to buy a pack of cigarettes. Maybe you know he probably wouldn't have thought of it. No, no it's fine. No. It's totally fine. Uh, no, I thought that makes sense that you wouldn't have one. Um, where's Where's Geneva? At? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think she found something. Let's go find her. And you all do notice that that Cassie has these three red notebooks in her in her hand. Do you really need more than one of those? No, they're for you. And uh, she extends two of them towards uh, towards Michael and Mark. I'm good. There's Thanks. nothing in them. They're they're blank. I don't want it. Yeah, I mean this this looks exactly like the red book that Cassie has, right? Right, just no symbol in the front. Uh, yeah. Mark Mark says, maybe, maybe we should just leave him here. And Cassie nods and just tosses him into the box, uh, into the room, and uh, we'll follow those two. Uh, Geneva, it, it takes him a little bit, uh, but what are, are, are you, do you do anything during that time? Uh, I don't think so she doesn't want to do anything to the door while she's alone because who knows what'll happen right um so if there's nothing else in the room that catches her eye she'll just wait okay yeah eventually the the others kind of step inside and uh michael your eyes are immediately drawn to that symbol on the floor uh presumably geneva i'm guessing you would have moved the futon to get a better look at it um oh that's a good point yeah i would have i guess i yeah, and I wouldn't say anything beforehand because I don't know that she would make the connection that 
that could potentially trigger something in him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You you look down, Michael, and you you recognize that symbol. Which is Cassandra. I'm sorry. Did I say did I say Cassie or Michael? You said you said Michael. Okay. Sorry. Uh. Well. Well. Both. Really. And what is this? Oh, sorry. What does the symbol do again? Uh, it's, it's so it's for. Uh, well, do you do you recognize the symbols? Have I have I have you been recognizing the symbols or just the names? Uh, I I think that's kind of uh, up to interpretation. Like if it has something to do with summoning a demon or contacting a demon, yeah. I think you might recognize it. But other than that, maybe not. Unless the symbol itself is a representation of a name of a demon, and then I would think that would maybe fall within this perfume. Um, so I will say, Cassie, with yours, you know that that belongs to uh it is associated demonology but you'll need to make an occult roll to see if you can identify specifically with who same with you michael okay sure so 16 out of 54 for cassie i am not going to succeed this <laughs> 90 out of 20. and wonderfully failed can't can't quite place it and you haven't really had an opportunity to study the ars Goetia yet to tie specific seals to specific demons. Uh, But Cassie, you do recognize that that symbol is associated with Marbus. Okay. And do I know with that uh, 16, do I know anything about his domain? Let me check. So yeah, uh, Marbus, you know, is described as a great president of hell governing 30 or so legions of demons. Um, Answers true on uh, subjects hidden or secret, causes or heals diseases, teaches the mechanical arts, and changes men into other shapes. Mechanical arts, you say? All right. He's uh, depicted as a or as a lion that, uh, under the conjurer's request, can change its shape into a man. Oh, a lion! Interesting. Leon. Right. I'm going to keep that to myself for right now. Also, maybe uh, we should ask him if he can fix Mark's, you know, body. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's got to go well. Yeah, that would yeah, be fine. He'd be probably fine with that. Uh, but yeah, uh, you step in and do you see Geneva kind of standing in the doorway of this closet? What'd you find? There's a little door in here. How little? little? Mail, about two feet, maybe? Little mail slot. And I kind of step hmm. aside so the others can take a look if they so choose. There it is. Little red door. And it's like how little? About two feet tall. A uh, little over a foot and a half wide. Uh, Michael kind of doesn't approach too closely. He's more like peeking over other people's shoulders to, to look at it. We're going to have to open that at some point. What makes you uh, say that? Cassandra doesn't acknowledge that uh, question. Uh, she just keeps looking at the door and then her eyes follow back down to the floor and then they look up at Michael. Before we go... Who is Ophelia? How did you hear that name? I found something in his office. 
found names that are important uh, to uh, at least myself and from what I know of Mark, uh, they're important to him, but I also found other names. I think they belong to you and to Geneva. I want to human her. I want to see if she's trying to fuck with Michael right Go for it. I don't know. It seems weird the way that she seems to like bring that up. So, human. I was really worried you were going to say the name of the demon on the floor because the last time <laughs> I know I was too. said demon names, Michael was like, if you fucking do that one more time, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> yeah, 19 out of 62. Um, Cassie, do you want to, are you trying to be? Yeah, so uh, I mean, her motivation is not. Uh, so her motivation is she's questioning Michael in. Uh, she's not trying to like trap him in anything. Uh, she's not. It's not like Emily who's trying to be malicious and try to twist the questions to weaponize them. She's genuinely curious and wants to know what he says. But is also there is something behind what she's at. Why she's at. There is a motivation why she's asking it. Uh, Michael will look at Geneva uh, with like a real. I, I guess he like he looks scared, but he also looks very serious, quite intense. That's none of your business, Cassandra. We're in this together, and I think some amount of transparency is important. And Whoever... uh, really, is that what you think? Some amount of transparency? You've been super clear about everything so far with us. I've been so as that's... clear as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> okay and with that uh, Cassandra will pull out the uh, invitations uh, that are marked with uh, Geneva and Michael's information and we'll, we'll just show them to both of them to be clear we should not be asking questions or we should not be being told anything about each other's personal lives beyond all of this that's just not protocol Michael I have another question for you my hand is on my gun. <laughs> yeah, Michael puts his hand on his gun as well. What? Uh, and with that, uh, she starts to take out the cell phone. I found this down in the kitchen. Uh, does the symbol look familiar to you? The symbol doesn't, Michael, but that's the phone that you bought to call Ophelia while you were on this operation. Give me that phone. Citri. I need to speak to you. Gun is out. Gun is out. <laughs> you know that you would need that. As soon as you hear that name, you need to call Ophelia. I need to call Ophelia. That's who you would call. If that's who he wants to talk to. Uh, so when he says, uh, Citri, I get that flood when, of information. When she says Citri. Yep. Citri, sorry. Uh, when she says Citri, uh, I get that flood of information. Yep. Okay. Uh, so he will, his body will still again. Uh, and then he'll look at Cassandra and go, Would you like to speak to her? No, that is yes. enough. Cassandra, I am giving you one last warning, and my gun is aimed at her. I'm not doing this to hurt him. I'm not doing this to hurt any of us, but he is connected to this, this entity, this demon. You are going to stop immediately, or I will shoot you. Please, you have to trust me. I'm not trying I to hurt you. I do not we, this, trust you. 
I don't care if you don't trust me. Just know that I'm not trying to hurt him or you. But Citri, I need to speak to you. Shake himself off uh, and pull his gun and aim it at Cassandra. And pull the trigger. What? <laughs> it was you. <laughs> Wait, are you are you shooting? I think. I mean, like, okay, so he said last time, if you do this to me again, I'm going to shoot you. Yes. I mean, you don't technically have to follow through on threats. What's Mark doing? I think, I mean, Mark is watching this whole thing, but honestly, I thought that, um, I was thinking that Geneva was the one who was gonna, gonna do something, so he's probably edging closer to Geneva. I, I am I was so close. sorry. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> yeah. I, can, was, I, can I just say that, though, that, like, even without a human role, she does not look like she's trying to. She's, like, she's pleading, and, and, like, she looks very desperate right now, and not in, like, I, a desperate to survive, but a desperate I mean, to convince you that she's not trying to hurt anyone. She knew what the consequences of her actions would yeah, be. No, no, I'm just saying, yeah. putting it out there. Yeah, and I will say, too, like, Geneva doesn't look like, like, she looks sorry but also even though she doesn't have time to like really explain it that whatever she's doing is too risky to be allowed to continue she doesn't want to shoot Cassandra but there's way too much of a liability and risk that's going to be happening here so that was her motivation but uh, Michael did it first so (laughs) okay not on her her conscience (laughs) so uh, yeah roll firearms and Cassie will have an opportunity to roll uh, dodge Okay, so yeah, so he shakes himself off. He looks at Cassandra, and he looks furious. Uh, and then he'll pull his gun and pull the trigger. Oh, Vince, I'm sorry. Are you? Would, it, is, would there, it is what it is. Would there be an opportunity uh, for Mark to do anything? Or what, I mean, not really. I would, al- your, I would allow for that for sure. What's your dexterity? Oh, yeah, that's what uh, my ex dexterity is an eight. Nope, not going to happen. Nope. Nope. Okay. Waiting on that firearms roll. Yeah, I input it. It's just not. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I clicked it. It's just not showing up. Oh, check to see if there's. it's asking for a modifier. It did ask for that, and I, I, I went past that, and it's not doing it still. Okay. Must be the uh, demons. Oh, uh, it doesn't have a skill value in there for whatever reason, so I'll just input my firearm skill, and then. Uh, just roll. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, so no, it's Actually, not working. I'll just click firearms and no, then no, we can no. roll there. Well, yeah, scroll scroll down to your weapons, um, mm-hmm. and then you'll see medium pistol, and then there should be a little dice icon all the way on the right. Yeah, that's what I've been clicking. Oh, it's, it's not doing it. Okay, yeah, just click firearms. Yeah, I click it, and then it asks for input value, and I hit submit, and then it just doesn't show up for whatever reason. Got it. Um, but I'll do firearms instead. Yeah, do firearms. Oh, a failure. Okay, 86 out of 70. Shit. Yeah, um, whether it's the stress or the shock at hearing this name, Citri, and then re- and then the, the, the almost unconscious connection to Ophelia, you, you jerk the trigger and the round goes wide and, and all of a sudden just this gunshot is reverberating off the walls around you. You all instinctively reach up to grip your ears as your eardrums are just about blown out by the sound of this gunshot. Um, and Cassie, you almost feel this bullet rip through the air past you. Uh, 
just inches from from ending your life. Uh, and as the, the space fills with the smell of, of spent gunpowder, what do you do? I'm sorry. And she starts to gather her composure and uh, takes her hands off her ears, letting the ringing just do its thing in her in her ears. Uh, she looks back up at Michael, uh, again with that same uh, apologetic, pleading expression. I'm sorry, but Ophelia... Can I try to knock her out? If you'd like to. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking, like, you've got, like, a combat round, because it's not like Michael's firing one shot at you missing and then ceasing to do anything. He's going to keep firing at you. Um, his intent is to kill you. Okay, let's everybody, let me get everybody's dexterity. <laughs> I'm, I, I'd like to... I, <laughs> <laughs> Man, that one Twitter guy is going to be so mad about this, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Cassie, you're up first with the 13. What do you want to do? All right, so I'm going to... Uh, I, and I don't know if I would just need to use human to try and uh, to uh, negotiate myself out of this or to le- at least calm him down to assure him that I that I was trying to hurt him. Uh, I can roll persuade if you like. I can yeah, use my roll, for that. Roll, roll per- well, that's a thing. It's going to be entirely on Brett if the argument is going to hold any water with, um, with, uh, I Michael like, at I, this point. Yeah. Like he's not like a murder crazy or whatever, but I, th- I think maybe if you put your hands in the air or like got down on your oh, knees she's or absolutely something. Doing that. Yeah. She's going to okay, absolutely okay. do that. She's like, okay, she, well then he's not going to, I don't know. He's probably wouldn't keep firing them. That's or yeah, no, like, at least again, like I was saying, she's like apologetic. Yeah. She's like, she took her hands off her ears and it's like backing away with her hands in her, uh, like, up to her, the sides of her face, just trying to show that, she, like, she's not trying to be a threat. Okay, he'll look to Geneva, uh, and his hand is visibly shaking, the one that's holding the gun. I mean, we haven't gotten confirmation that, like, yeah, because Cassie is sorry, but we haven't had confirmation she's going to stop, so I think Geneva is still going to try to knock her out, just to, okay, yeah. we won't kill her, but we need to stop whatever she is about to try to do. How are you, boss? So what's, how are you playing? Like choking her out? Are you going to hit her on the back of the head? What's your approach? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think hit her on the back of the head, like with the butt of the gun or something. Okay, go ahead and roll. Hopefully uh, it knocks her out and I don't just like beat the shit out of her and she's still up and around. But. Well, can I, can I just, because it's still my turn, I think, can I just roll persuade, just see if like I, it, it modifies anything? Sure. Right. Yeah, 14 out of 50. Is that directed to me or Michael or both? Just anyone. Just, just uh, I'm successful in trying to persuade whether or not it's a, it's not a complete success because you still want to hit me, but I'm just trying to like see if there's a modifier to like. I'll say, yeah, I'll say as as far as the modifier goes, I'm going to add a, I'll add a 20% difficulty to um, Michael's next shot attempt if he takes it. Okay. Yeah. And I'll say maybe her, that persuade made it so that she's not. Geneva isn't actively shooting, but is instead just trying to knock her out. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and roll um, melee then, uh, Geneva. Oh, it's melee? Yep. I was hoping. Oh, I guess that makes sense if it's not unarmed. Shoot, I'm not great with melee. Um, Do you want to swap sure. swip it up then? Try, try to ch- choke her out? Oh, that's. <laughs> I think so. Um, I guess, okay, if I were to just. I don't really want to, like choker that i don't know that seems like 
worse somehow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can I just try to grapple her, I guess, then, and like cover her mouth so that she can't keep talking? Sure. Yeah. Roll. Yeah. Roll unarmed. Okay. Uh, dang it. I was so high and I still failed. 94 out of 80. Yeah. It's, uh, Cassie kind of looks over her shoulder at the last minute as you, you come up behind her and she just, she scoots back a little more, not taking any sort of aggressive action against either of you, hands still in the air, um, but just puts a little more distance in between you and her. Um, Michael, you're back up. Did Mark oh, wait? Mark, Mark, Mark's, Mark's bottom of the list. I oh. told you what I would do. Please, I'm not trying to hurt you. I don't give a shit what you're trying to do, Cassandra. You're fucking insane. I told you not to do that again. You are more connected to this than you think. Your wife is more connected to this than you think. Her last name is the name of, a, of, of one of these devils. Of one of these things that we keep finding the, the sigils of. That demon that she's named after? Or that took on a new name for you it's 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 a hypnotizer it's it's meant to manipulate and to partner it's a demon of desire of deception it controls people that it's not a coincidence that your wife is in your devotion to her it's it's I you don't know anything about my wife or my devotion to her or me. Have you not been paying you don't know attention anything to anything about, about anything? Mark, what are you doing? Um, Mark is going to attempt to disarm uh, um, Geneva. Okay, roll unarmed. Okay. That's a 31%. Yeah, you don't because you already took your turn. Gotcha, okay. Wasn't sure if, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you wanted to hold it for, for the next go, that would have been, you could have, if you had held your action, you would have had the opportunity to dodge, but since you already gotcha. attempted to grapple. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. With a 31 out of 66 mark, you, you come up on uh, with your hand underneath the barrel of Geneva's gun and you rip it out of her grip. And I pointed at, um, at, at Michael. If, yeah, I'll wait until my turn. And I'd say, put the gun down. Lower your gun. No. Cassie, you're up. Uh, I'm going to continue to try and persuade to, to defuse and to at least, like, get Michael to hear me with a less uh, uh, aggression in his head. Try to, Cut. like, see what I'm saying uh, in more of a clear state of mind. Yes. Uh, do you want to do you want to try to role play that out, or do you just want to make the roll? Uh, it's up to you. Um, uh, Porcano los dos. Let's do both. Uh, okay. So give me a couple of sentences and then make a roll. Right. You have to have seen everything that's happening here, everything that we've experienced, everything that he and I have experienced, everything that you two have experienced separate from us. None of this is coincidence. The fact that your wife is named after a demon. The fact that I find your phone with her sigil on it. The fact that I find these inf this information, these pamphlets, this, these pages. Nothing here is coincidence. We are all in this together. I don't want to hurt you, but we need answers. 
All right, roll Persuade. Oh. Oh, 93 out of 50. Okay, yep. Uh, Geneva, you're up. You've just had your weapon ripped out of your hands. I'm going to step in between um, Mark and Michael so that I'm in the direct line of fire. My hands are up, um, but like my face is like dead serious. Uh, and she's maintaining eye contact with Mark and responding to Cassandra saying, there's a better fucking way to bring this up than triggering whatever sort of possession that was. You don't get to do that without his consent. Um, and then I don't know if I have to roll if it's a dodge or what, but basically if Mark tries to like fire that gun, I want to try to stop him. Got like it. I want to um, try to divert the gun or take it from him or something. I won't do it now because I don't want to like escalate things further, but if he tries, I want to try and combat it. Got it. Okay. So we'll, you'll hold your action for an, for unarmed combat if you see Mark taking kind of any possible act. Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, Michael, you are up. Yes. That was not very convincing. I will just say with as cl- as tight as these quarters are, with everybody kind of being in the same general area at this point, if you miss, you are going to hit somebody else. Yeah. Well, I think that's why I, I didn't take another shot. Yeah. Uh, like part of the reason why he didn't take another shot at Cassandra is because Geneva got up in the mix with her. Right. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a very good chance, like, with, with Geneva putting herself in between you and Mark, there if if you miss, there's a very good chance you could blow her brains out. But what if I, like, trick shot it off a lampshade? Like, what? what yeah. <laughs> if you just throw out a coin and then hit the if coin. You try to, if you try to curve it, like, yeah, in that yeah, uh, water movie. Yeah. Like James uh, McCoy. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, man. This is Delta Green. All bets are off. So. Yeah. Um nothing that you're doing cassandra is making it better and i have no idea why you think that we would listen to you mark you're not helping if you put the gun down then i will too and i will hold my action if mark puts the gun down i will put my gun down if he doesn't i'm going to try and shoot him mark Mark, what do you do mark's gonna put the gun down he says, all right, but you got a gun? I got a gun. Nobody's getting shot unless it's Barbus. Uh, somebody roll alertness. Actually, Cassie, since you're next up, roll alertness for me. <laughs> we did fire a gun in a residential. Neighborhood. I know. I was like, we're going to have to crawl through that fucking door now. 57 <laughs> out of 51. Yep. Okay. Um, all right, Cassie, you're up. This is a small residential neighborhood. You've just fired a gun. We're wanted. They're going to be coming for us soon. I need you to know that I didn't do what I did out of malice, and I apologize that I didn't, that I just did it. But we're desperate here. We just need answers, and I, we are the only four here who are going to be able to find those no one else I don't give a shit why you did it and I don't forgive you I missed that's what happened and I need you to know that and that's fine I don't I'm not asking for forgiveness just understanding Geneva what are you doing 
Um, now that Cassandra has brought it up, pausing to listen for like sirens or anything. <laughs> Roll alertness. I mean, if there's like a, a two minute response time, I'm going to be absolutely sure. I mean, this is an absolute neighborhood, so you never know. Yeah, that's true. It ain't the ghetto. And every now and again, cop cars, uh, cop cars are nearby. So, 1874. Yep. Yeah, you hear you hear sirens. All right, pack it up. Let's get out. We can argue about this later. And she like puts her arms down and starts to walk out. <laughs> She's not getting caught. If you guys want to come, go for it. Michael, you're up. He will host holster his weapon, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think just follow Geneva. Uh, but he does shoot an incredibly dirty look over his shoulder when he leaves. Uh, Mark. Mark should still have his holster, right? Because yeah, he gave up his gun, but not his clothes. Correct. So, uh, yep, he'll uh, uh, he'll holster his weapon as well. Okay. Put his hand on uh, Cassie's shoulder and say, let's get out of here. Thank you. Where are y'all going? Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> if, if the door? sirens sound really, really close, then leaving the house through a regular exit is a bad idea. Right. Um, yeah. How close do they sound? <laughs> Roll another alertness. 50 out of 74. You don't hear them anymore, but you see blue and red coming through the edges of the curtains. God damn. Okay. Um, I mean, we can't fit through the door, so we can't go through the little red door. <laughs> That's not even an option. <laughs> yeah, we could scooch through. It's a foot yeah. and a half wide and two feet tall. There's bars. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, I guess we're killing some police officers. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> We'll just break uh, our bones and squish between the bars. It's fine. I mean, with the way that the house and the neighborhood is, is there, like, either the back or the side door that we could theoretically... Just like bolt into the woods. <laughs> um, no woods to bolt into. No. Okay. Maybe, here, maybe, maybe we don't hide. Maybe we maybe we don't run. Maybe we just hide. I don't know. Here, here's the here's the here's my plan. Everybody, get ready for it. Uh, we create a big sign that says "I'm hiding behind here," <laughs> and we point it towards the chop up machine so that they walk towards. <laughs> the oh shit! That's a good point. That the police come in here. They're Oh, damn it. Yeah, someone's gonna get chopped up. Um, I don't know if this is an out-of-character question or what, but I'm assuming that would be very bad in terms of Delta Green protocol to just leave something like that here for just a random police officer to find and encounter. Especially at this point. Because you know they're coming in. Yeah. God damn it. All right, Geneva like looks at the back door, and then she like looks into the living room and sees those things. And you can, Michael, who knows her well, can probably see that realization coming over her, and she just gives him a look like God fucking. Okay, gives her a little shrug of his shoulders. There is a crash as the front door is kicked in, and Throw, you see. Drop your gun. I you tell Michael super quick to like put his gun somewhere so it's not even on him. You see two uniformed Boston Police Department officers at the in the doorway, guns drawn, and they you can see the look of surprise pass over their faces. Suddenly they see four people standing right in front of them, 
and immediately they begin shouting commands for you to get on the fucking ground. I do exactly that. Yeah, Cassandra complies. Yeah, Michael follows Geneva's lead in all things. He is going... So the the red door was barred, you said? It was barred, correct. Um, Mark's going through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Sliding through. So there's... uh, I mean, by barred, you mean like, like there's a a thing we have to remove to open it or like there's yeah. literally a cement wall and bars in front of the door. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like get down on the ground. Okay. You all are handcuffed, placed into the back of patrol vehicles. And that is where we will end tonight's session. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Thank you for listening to Delta Green, Impossible Landscapes, part of the Black Project Gaming Podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to visit blackprojectgaming.com for previous Delta Green episodes. You can also listen to our ongoing Waterdeep Dragon Heist and Barovia, California campaigns. If you'd like updates on all future releases, please follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Until next time, I'm Vince, your host and handler with Brett as DEA Special Agent Michael Whitwer, also known as Agent Vega, Cami as FBI Special Agent Geneva Brown, also known as Agent Venus, Doug as FBI Special Agent Mark Hansom, also known as Agent Meshock, and Jack as FBI Special Agent Cassandra Troy, also known as Agent Madison. Thank you again, and remember, we'll be seeing you.